0: Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to a very special episode, all about that once-a-year phenomenon when television shows bring you episodes that pay tribute to All Hollows Eve, from the classic black-and-white family hour programs, to the single-camera sitcoms of the new millennium, to the hour-long dramas that fill the airwaves. Their late October time slots become filled with spooky scenarios, paranormal plots, ghastly guest stars, and trick-or-treaters for Halloween. So tune in to the 87th episode of the Boys and Ghouls podcast as we take a look at Halloween. On TV.
1: You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell. A transformed race of walking dead. Dumbies, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, oh. murderers, nutcases. How do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing Who dead folks. I want to, to kill you. undead. so you Satan ever talked to a our, corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Throw the third Look, The third switch!
0: Give my creation! Life. How's it going? Well, it feels like it's going to be the worst episode ever. <laughs> but I always feel that way at about this point, so I'm right on track.
2: Yes. Yes. Very good. Okay.
0: Cool. All right. Okay. cat. Hey, Marshall. Happy Halloween. Happy
2: Halloween. Wait, does it smell pumpkin spicy in here? It just registered with me. What am I smelling? Is uh, it...
0: Residue Febreze.
2: Nice. Nice.
0: That so that's a good answer. That I blew another room and I nice. must have carried with me on my person. Excellent. By the way, I thought you were doing a bit. No. Did it really smell no, like pumpkin I spice? No, I really
2: just noticed it. It's yeah. It's like you said, happy Halloween, and my olfactory sense is like triggered on or something. <laughs> Little Halloween magic.
0: Uh. We're back to recording. I mean, not. there won't be another one quite so soon, but we're getting two out rather close together than we've been doing lately. So a uh, little
2: warm up maybe for 2023 and we'll maybe hopefully get back into a good cadence there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any spooky gab or something you'd like to share?
2: Indeed there is. So I had a thought earlier today which is usually for or or previously for Halloween episodes I've come over to your place and you've had like cookies or a delightful beverage with dry ice or something that was magical and fun and spooky and so I thought you know I should bring Marshall some treats so I stopped to get some Halloween treats I wanted to see because I'm never at Rite Aid this sounds lazy but I really thought about it I was like I haven't been to a Rite Aid in a while I know there's one by Marshall's place and, first of all, I want to say, I had the thought while I was there, just kind of, like, wandering their Halloween aisle. I was like, I forget sometimes how a simple act of just strolling through the aisles of, like, a chain store can feel like a thing you got to do every season. It's like, uh-huh. what do they have? Do they have treats? Do they have candles? Do they have costumes? And so that was nice and helped put me in the spirit after the string of hellaciously 90-plus degree days we've had in L.A. in the last few weeks. The point is, I tried to find some fun stuff, and the first thing I want to share with you that I grabbed because it caught my eye and I'd never had it before is...
0: Candy corn flavored red vines.
2: I'm a little frightened. Wow. They smell like candy corn, which is not always my favorite thing. Also, Uh I do not like red vines. I'm a Twizzlers gal.
0: Sure, yeah, same same.
2: But please, grab one. Let's see how they are.
0: Well, okay. Good softness. Uh, cheers. Bink.
2: <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Hmm. I don't think science has perfected candy corn flavoring outside of actual candy corns.
2: No, I agree. But I like this way more than I thought I would. It's kind of subtle.
0: It doesn't hit you over the head with it. Yeah. or I I say... almost hit
2: you over the head with this just now, <laughs> just because, but I, I refrained.
0: Just for the wordplay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. Great Mm. podcasting.
2: Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) It would have been a great visual gag for our podcast. Um, The second thing, because this seemed like such a what should be and would have been a homemade treat Mm -hmm. that you'd get at someone's house, but I saw them on sale at Rite Aid. Popcorn balls.
0: You know, I think I... I came in just a little after popcorn balls would be a thing. Sort of trick or treating. I
2: mean, I don't think I got them as a kid. It just seemed like something that someone would make and hand out. Before, you know, stranger danger. Exactly. It, oh my goodness. Also, I looked at the label because I was like, what's holding these together? I bet it's sugar. Yeah, 14 grams of sugar.
0: So, just to describe for the people at home, the packaging has a pumpkin on the front. Yeah. A jack-o'-lantern. So, it's not just like, hey, hungry for a popcorn ball? Right. It's like... It's Halloween, hence popcorn balls.
2: Okay, so if you're listening to this and you hate like mouth noises and food noises, maybe fast forward. But if you like that sort of thing and it's ASMR for you, get ready. Here we go. Oh, I like that. I like it a lot.
0: I'll go for my own here.
2: Ooh, I wonder what you're going to think. What do you think?
0: I like it. It's um like your last treat. It doesn't hit you over the head.
2: Yeah. It kind of puts me in mind of, like, Corn Pops. The cereal. The cereal, yeah. Which I love. Okay. So, you know the Russell Stover, like, marshmallow Santas and marshmallow pumpkins? I do. So, I saw these, and I don't think I'd seen them before. They are peanut butter pumpkins from Russell Stover. And it makes me wonder if this is their version of, like a Reese's pumpkin so I just want to see if it's any good so we're gonna try it
0: uh let's see just how much effort was put into actually making popcorn <clears throat> pumpkin shape
2: as much about as ooh, that's even better than a Reese's pumpkin in shape in shape I'm not saying okay. in flavor
0: points for shape they never come through with the actual like jack-o'-lantern face it's always just like right here's where the stem goes shut up and eat it okay I'm eating it stem first Hmm. Not bad.
2: Not bad. It makes me wish I was eating a Reese's pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the Russell Stover chocolate is very Russell Stover. It's very much what it is. And I love those marshmallow ones. Really. Genuinely. But, you know, nothing like the original. (laughs)
0: Okay. You just got out two. Reese's pumpkins. And
2: there's four more where that came from. Was that
0: just in case, like, the Russell Stovers were just, like, abominable? You're like, no. No. I no. Need- it oh. was
2: because one must always have Reese's
0: peanut butter pumpkins. I don't disagree.
2: And even though I've had many, many of these in my life, I'm going to have more right now. Because I know it will be elite. Aw, oh, look at that little pumpkin, a little stem.
0: Yeah, I bet. That's pretty cute. It doesn't look like an actual pumpkin, but it looks like what we've agreed pumpkins can look like yes. in, like, Paper decorations.
2: Uh huh. I agree. It's kind of squished. Kind of squished.
0: Yeah, this one too. This one looks like a foot.
2: <laughs> yeah. About will tell you something. I don't taste like a foot. Great. Flying spaghetti monster. That's good.
0: I mean, it's like chocolate oh. plus peanut butter. How hard can it be? Mm. Or how different can one be from yeah. the next? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a reason that, uh, We look forward to the, you know, it's like, I don't go to the candy aisle and be, where are they? But it's always like I'm minding my own business and I'm just like at the grocery store and they're in like the little impulse candy Mm -hmm. section and like, like a fishbowl kind Mm -hmm. of looking thing. And just like, yep. Will that be all, sir? And three of these (laughs) immediately. And one doesn't even make it to the car.
2: I think that's a pretty universal experience you're describing. Yeah. I am not as much a sweets person as I think a lot of people are. Alec, my husband, has made me more of a sweets person. Typically, I'm reaching for a savory snack, but I'll tell you something. Yeah. Reese's Peanut Butter Pumpkins, I mean any Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, but the pumpkins, it's like a religious experience for me. They are so good for me, I just don't even know what to do with them. They are
0: a thickness and a texture. It's not like they just took a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup and mushed it into something else. Right. Like, it's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: God almighty. That's good stuff.
0: Um, My my spooky contribution is in gab form. I'm ready. You already know it. We just never really talked about it. Which is, between the last time we recorded and now, I was a zombie for a short film. That's
2: right. We have not talked about this, and now we shall.
0: Yes. So, the filmmaker, this is his second time doing this particular thing, which is having won a short film contest... His prize was you can get a day's use out of anywhere, I guess within reason, on the Universal uh, backlot.
2: Okay, because when you told me you were going to be a zombie extra, and then you sent me the pictures that you sent me, I was mm-hmm. like, this is legit. Yeah. I didn't realize where you were shooting until I saw your pictures. Okay, this is very cool.
0: The last time he shot was at the uh, the War of the World set, which, for those of you who don't know... That's where they have the wrecked airplane from the Tom Cruise Steven Spielberg War of the Worlds which as we speak is part of Halloween Horror Nights.
2: Yes, yes, you and I just walked through there yeah. together. Mhm. Very cool.
0: What a great place for a zombie short film. Oh yeah. I wasn't at that time great at Instagram direct messaging. Mm. I was just like, "Hey, what's that number?" Uh, who cares? <laughs> Yeah. And later I found out, oh, people are trying to send me messages. Yeah. So I found, like, months later, I was like, hey, Marshall, would you like to be a zombie? Oh, my god! In my short film? And I had to tell him, like, yes, but I didn't know how to work my own Instagram. So uh, I was like, next time, man. Next time. Yeah. A few years passed. There was a pandemic in between. And he reached out to me and said, hey, time's now. Yeah. Time to be a zombie.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, I was one of those, uh, zombies who's like in a bathrobe
2: nice, and
0: like, like kind of like a PJ ensemble. Nice. Like PJ shorts. And yeah, um, if
2: I were, if you were a zombie in my short film, I would want you in a noticeable costume like that. I wouldn't want you in just regular clothes. Cause you're like so tall. I feel like it would just be really striking to have you in like PJs and a robe. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah.
0: And, um, there were other people I knew that were in it and that was nice. It was great to see them.
2: For a moment before you put in your contacts? (laughs) Well,
0: yeah. After a few hours, it was time for me to get my contacts in. And it was just, it was all white. It wasn't like red or Mm -hmm. something else. It was just like white. Yeah. Not unlike um, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Mm -hmm. which I understand back in the day. I don't know about that in particular. That may have been contact lenses. But there was a time when the technique was you would take that membrane from the inside of eggs What? And use that. I read that somewhere. Ew. If it's not true, somebody let me know because I don't know where I heard it. I
2: very much do not enjoy that fact.
0: That was like like an old way of knowing.
2: Um,
0: I have never worn contacts before in my life. So getting them in was a chore and it was such a chore. It took, no joke, like five different people to try to help me and coach me and then just try to do it for me. In the end, I think you can only do it for yourself.
2: Well, I'm a lady who has worn much eye makeup in my time. So I think potentially if you're a little more used to having things near your eye, maybe it's easier. I only say that because I've never worn contacts except two times when I had zombie contacts in. And both times, well, I don't remember the second time who did it, if I did it or they did it. But the first time someone, the makeup artist did it for me. I think I have more practice willing myself not to have that, like, knee-jerk reaction of, like, panicking and shutting my eyes. Because I just have to put mascara and, like, eyeliner on Sure, I'm
0: not saying I was a big old baby. Yeah, yeah. But I was the biggest baby there that day because... uh, It's
2: hard. Your body does not want that to happen. I
0: overheard that, like, it it took longer for me than anybody else. So, I had, like, five people just kind of poking into my eyeball. Yeah, yeah. And then, if you remember, like, a week later, I just got sick. Yeah. I kind got a massive head cold. Yeah. And I usually don't play sick detective and be like, well, maybe it was, you know. I, I heard a I think you can be cough. pretty
2: sure someone's in one of your, you know, yeah, open orifices. Just, That's, yeah.
0: Someone just stuck some cold germs into my eyeball. Yeah.
2: Well, once you had them in, though, was it fun?
0: It or was Or was it uncomfortable? One, like... because kind of one at a time, everyone who arrived received these contact lenses. Lunch was interesting because not everyone could see their lunch. Yes. At that time, I could still see and kind of help people out. Uh, we all... Could not use our phones.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know,
0: because there's just a lot of time to sit on folding chairs yep. when you're doing this kind of thing. Yep. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah. And it's usually just a room full of people on their phones. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's why not? It's an
2: odd thing to have those white contacts in because everything's just milky and you can't yeah.
0: you can't see. And then just all these modern people not able to get on their phones. Also not able to see.
2: Yeah. As did you have f- to make conversation? I did. <laughs> Like the olden days, yeah, exactly. like membranes in the eye from eggs, <sighs> you know, just an old thing that people did making just conversation.
0: As the day went on, then there was also less people to help the people with contact lenses. Mm. My first time out, I thought I could find. Oh, by the, did I say where I was filming?
2: You said he could no. pick anywhere on the back lot. Where did he? Well, pick? Well, this time
0: was uh, Colonial Street, known cool. to some as Wisteria Lane. Yes, which I guess you recognized. Yeah, I you did. Saw the I did.
2: That's what it looked like to me.
0: I think we were behind Breeze House. <laughs> cool. That's what somebody told me. And at one point, I tried to make it back on my own and just wound up at the wrong house. hmm And being like, this is too quiet. Yeah. Where is everybody? And yeah. <laughs> to start over again.
2: Oh, my. You're walking around with your arms in front of you looking like a real zombie. Yeah. You're like, Wah.
0: I could only see things kind of if it was in direct sunlight. If mm-hmm. something was in the shade, mm-hmm. forget it. And as the day went on, there's just more shade. Yeah. And then collectively, we could see less. Wow. Yeah. But something I'd wanted to do uh, while I was in the zombie makeup...
2: You looked pretty cool.
0: Thank uh, thank you. I wanted to go to the original Munster house, which is on Colonial. Yeah. 1313
2: Um, Mockingbird Lane is the address. Is that right?
0: Traditionally. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it looks like a nice house now, but you can still like work out the shape and be Mm -hmm. like, that's over Mm -hmm. there. And that's what that used to be. So I had somebody like lead me down there and take my pictures there. Cute. So I'm really glad for that.
2: Nice. Well, I can't wait to see it. I hope I get to. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll talk way. about this more and like put out a link or something, yeah. I suppose, if it becomes that kind of thing. It was called Eat Me. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a comic edge. Did it look good? Can't say. <laughs> can't say.
2: No idea. Uh, yes, you are. Yes, yes,
1: no. Y- you know? Everyone's going to love this at the party tonight. Well, I'm not wearing this to the party tonight. This is just my office costume. Uh Well, you might as well wear it. It's just us and Jennifer and Marianne. No one else wants to watch the horror movie marathon. Well, if nobody else wants to watch it, why do we want to watch it? Because horror is the fun part of Halloween. Well, tonight is Halloween, and this is the night the ghosts and the goblins and the witches are supposed to be out. Lock the doors and turn out all the lights as the trick or treat triple feature continues. I'd say someone was playing an elaborate trick or treat on us. Trick or treat, Captain. Yes, Mr. Spock. Tonight it's Halloween hilarity when way out ghosts possess Mark and turn a haunted house into a fun house on Mark and Mindy. This is going to be the best Halloween party I've ever thrown. Well, you always throw a good party, Ralph, and then the demons crash it. I'm not saying there is such a thing as a supernatural. But things have happened that have never been explained. Would you go out of your way to buy a haunted house? It wouldn't be so bad. What do you mean? Well, we could spend the rest of our lives under a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Matlock's in Hollywood. Action! For a real life murder mystery. Who done it on Halloween?
3: We're all set on watching the Halloween Monster Marathon.
1: You, know you guys rely on TV too much. Whatever happened to your own imagination?
3: I saw a TV show about that once. Don't pay up
0: so uh kat how would you describe our episode our halloween episode
2: i would say a delightful grab bag of halloween episodes of american television
0: yeah good point is that American fair? television like yeah. i never put that point on it but yeah. it never occurred to me to like go elsewhere yeah well
2: it. Halloween is Uniquely American. If you want to know more about that, go listen to our episode all about Halloween. I forget what it's called. A Brief
0: History of Halloween. A Brief
2: History of Halloween. Where,
0: um, I'll I'll just say it again as I say in that episode, we didn't invent it, but we perfected it. We
2: sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, though, when you suggested this to me and various times in my research, I kept feeling like, I was like, we've done this before, but we didn't.
0: We've done definitely things like this. Yeah. Yeah. Including the Roseanne episodes. Yes. And that's a topic, like, I got most of the way through this and realized, like, oh, I'm leaving out a subtopic. So I'll just mention it now to say we won't be mentioning it. Which is the someone is just goofy for Halloween. Yeah. And goes over the top. And usually that's also goes hand in hand with trying to scare people. Mm -hmm. So that's Roseanne, definitely. Modern Family had a running thing of that. I believe Home Improvement. They would always do a big Halloween,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, Blackish
2: mm.
0: would always have their Halloween we love, episode. We
2: love a Halloweeny, and a person who's very enthusiastic, or people.
0: And some episodes are celebrations of Halloween, and some because of when they fall. Fall when they fall are more obligations for Halloween. And I think like when a network would have something like TGI Friday or. Was it Must See Thursday? Was that the one? was like Friends and...
2: I think so, yeah. And
0: all those together. They might have some obligation so they could do some package like, tune in for a very spooky Wednesday night yeah. here on NBC, yeah. etc.
2: Always a very favorite of mine when <laughs> I would yeah. see that. I'm sure yes. you too.
0: And I think that especially if they knew ahead of time enough and they could see that their episode actually fell on Halloween night, they'd have to do something about Halloween. Um, we both watched that Scrubs episode. Yeah. Which is like called like like the big brother. Return. My big brother. My big brother. Yeah. It's about his his brother. You know mm-hmm. what it's not about really? Uh, Halloween. Halloween.
3: Yeah.
0: There's one like D plot about who's in the monkey outfit. Yeah. And besides that, it's you know what? It's just as Halloween as anything else in the sense that life happens yeah. during Halloween.
2: If I'm also being extra generous, I would say okay. thematically oh. that episode is about growing up realizing that we mature at different rates maybe my brother isn't the hero i thought he was and like reflecting upon one's childhood is a very halloween thing as evidenced by one of the categories that you sort of like lumped some of these into which is like too old to trick-or-treat or or, you know that at a certain point we have to put away childish things obviously the world we live in now everybody halloween's all the time no matter how old they are but (laughs) i digress
0: well, just looking at the Scrubs episode, I'm fairly certain they just had an episode with good emotional beats and a guest star. And then they were like, oh, we need a Halloween episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to be literally on the 31st. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it's Halloween. Easy enough. They decorated their pre-existing episode like I decorate my pre-existing apartment.
2: Right. You yeah.
0: Know, and it's still fun.
2: Yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: Means you're making enough noise to wake the living. <laughs> From its mighty 100 horsepower V8 engine or advanced new six to its lustrous baked on enamel finish, Ford says it. And Ford has proved it. This is the luxurious four door sedan. Isn't the new grill beautiful? Everything about this new Plymouth is years ahead.
0: Part of the reason we have Halloween episodes of. TV shows is because new shows start in the fall, for the most part. The new shows or the new season of shows would start in September, and so a few weeks in, you get your Halloween episode. But Kat, why fall? Now I know summer's over, kids are back in school, right? The weather's getting cooler.
2: Life is settling in. People are spending a little more time indoors.
0: Getting dark sooner. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: But um, do you know the real dollars and cents reason why fall?
2: I guess you're talking from an advertising perspective.
0: Yeah, because advertising really is—I mean, that's what television is. Oh, uh, I wish you would us. tell me.
2: I'm not sure. I know exactly what you're The new cars would be at. announced. Is that right? The
0: next year's models would oh. get advertised starting in the fall. So, and you
2: know, I guess car companies were big ad spenders.
0: Yeah. Okay. And enough so that makes that sense. It like shifted, or set the flag of like fall is when the new shows mm-hmm. will be.
2: Yeah. Because well, I, I mean, I know that they've always made a big deal about getting a car on Mad Men, like the firm, the agency.
0: Yeah. Um, Didn't it they was... get Jaguar?
2: They did. They did. But at what cost, Marshall?
1: Here it is. The big, beautiful New Plymouth. And it's simply wonderful. I like life. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes life. For president. Hang out the band and beat the drum. Three Musketeers is big enough to share. Creamy milk chocolate, fluffy cocoa nougat. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring the entire Nelson family. Here is Ozzie, who plays the part of Ozzie Nelson. And, of course, his lovely wife Harriet as Harriet Nelson. The older of the Nelson boys, David,
2: appears as... At- Kat,
0: you were the first one to really start watching episodes. And did you intentionally start the furthest back you could?
2: What did I watch first?
0: I can tell you what you sent me first.
2: What did I send you first?
0: Ozzie and Harriet.
2: Oh, sure. I think part of the reason is I wanted to make sure I wasn't just focusing on stuff from, like, when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. And I was like, well, we should have, like, a range. Um, yeah. Let's go back a little further. And part of what drew me to it was... When we did our, like, scary radio segment, I at first thought that this episode, this TV episode, was going to be, like, potentially the plot of one of those that we talked about on the radio. Because, you know, sometimes they would do a radio show that would then turn into a TV show. Like Ozzy and Harriet. Exactly. Now, this plot turned out not to be the plot of another Ozzie and Harriet we talked about on our previous episode about radio, but it ended up being super fun and definitely worth watching. And it was on YouTube, so it was easy. And I was like, well, i want to start there.
0: And I'd have to, like, get out a whiteboard or something to really make my next point. But like so many new mediums, there's, like, that sort of bleed over from whatever the medium was before. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ozzie and Harriet is very much, because this was the fifth episode ever of a very long-running show. Yeah. Which also uh, aired on... Halloween. Halloween in
2: 1952. What have you got there, dear? Oh, just some stuff for a Halloween party at school. I'm the treasurer.
1: Oh, I didn't know you were going to have a Halloween party at school. Well, we're just going to dress up and play some games. Oh, that sounds like fun. School parties always are. You said it. We get out of study. Yeah, Halloween's a lot of fun for kids. Don't you like Halloween pot? Oh, sure, but, you know, as you get a little bit older, you get kind of tired of that stuff.
0: But what I've been wanting to say is, It's constructed like a radio show in the way that, like, they'll just start talking about something, and then all of them will, like, sit down and just talk it out. Yeah. And then the scene ends. You're right. And then something else happens, and everyone gets, like, their say, and they sit down. Yeah. (laughs) And then they talk it out. And it's all about Halloween and, like... You know, well, back in my day and, you know, You're the, right. the There's scenario like, comes up.
2: There's like just a couple, only a very few like things that rely on a visual laugh, like the yeah. kid and his skeleton costume they probably- or they say skeleton, which is a, a way of pronouncing that, that I really love that people do in old television
0: skeleton P- probably if we went back and watched it they also tell you what you're looking at oh yeah yeah i'm wearing my skeleton costume he does
2: he does say it and he's like i'm gonna use this face paint that was meant for the classroom oh yeah don't waste that and he's like but look how cool he looks with the face paint
0: yeah, yeah they're, they're like, describing it. you because it's all their old radio writings probably <laughs> right. you heard me trick-or-treat don't you
1: know this is halloween oh well, yes but aren't you a little old for this sort of thing
0: and then even at one point they just get a, a visitor, just an oddball neighbor comes over, a guy who's too old to trick-or-treat, and he's like, ah, uh, it's my son, he's the next block over. You don't even have a costume. Naturally, what do you think I am, a child? <laughs> okay, how old's your son? 28. Uh-huh. Bye. Uh, yeah. That's the end yes, of that
2: scene. totally.
0: Yeah, so early TV in this, at least Ozzie and Harriet uh, played out. If it's feeling a little odd to you, definitely dated. Mm-hmm. Can't not be. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's basically still a radio show. Yeah. On TV.
2: Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the plot of it, though, is ground that they continued to tread in sitcoms till now. By which I mean, it's like the husband is up to some shenanigans. The, the husband thinks he
0: knows what's best.
2: Well, he decides, he, put down. he and his neighbor, another man, decide they're going to plan this year's adults-only Halloween party because the kids are out trick-or-treating and whatnot.
0: Not as sexy as it sounds.
2: No. No, just the moms and dads of the neighborhood. But they're going to plan this year's adult party with masculine efficiency. Yeah. Because I guess all the wives just haven't been cutting it the last few years. They don't really specify why or how. They're just like, we're really going to do it upright this year.
1: Exactly what games we're going to play, what time we play them, exactly what time we eat what time
2: we dance, and that way we'd have the
1: entire evening under control. Now, that's the sensible way to do it.
2: They tell the wives not to worry about a thing, and the wives are like, okay. And then the big joke, the big reveal is that the husbands were too busy planning the games and what would happen at the party, and they never bothered to decide where the party's going to be.
0: And the button? They also forgot the food.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, hello? Uh, Harry's Hamburger Haven? I'd like to make a reservation for uh, uh, 31 people and, uh, 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 12.23, uh, Yes, with the onions on top. And party popcorn novelties made with Carol taste so good. No other brand of syrup has more uses than Carol. There have been many versions of the devil... Yet, he's always looked about the same. But time marches on. Progress brings change. And there's no reason to believe that Mr. Lucifer has not progressed with the times. So light up a Winston. Winston tastes good, like a cigarette should. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground come a bubble and
0: crude. The next one I was really glad to see was the Beverly Hillbillies.
1: Well, the first thing you know, old Jeb's a millionaire.
0: Okay, the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, you're a, a daughter of the South.
2: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: You're from North Carolina. Uh, my family... On my dad's side are all from, like, Appalachia. So the Beverly Hillbillies always carried a little extra juge.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: In, in my house. Oh, yeah. It, it always came with a little extra sparkle. Mm-hmm. Kids and adults in my home could enjoy Beverly Hillbillies together.
2: Yeah. And the episode Even that you and I both watched is called Trick or Treat. Super
0: Trick or Treat. Yeah,
2: and it aired Halloween- 1962 so we've jumped ahead 10 years from the Ozzy and Harriet episode
0: the sixth episode ever that includes the products
2: of your sponsor of the week the cereals of Kellogg's Kellogg's of Battle Creek.
0: so they've got the basics down
2: yeah they're still settling and, into their neighborhood
0: and this one had Jethreen would you text me you're like Jethreen <laughs> I it's, the act, it's Max Bear, the actor who played Jethro, with a wig on.
2: And a dress. You just got your back up because the
1: police made us get rid of all our cows and pigs and chickens and stuff. But if they don't allow folks to have a stock, why have they got that all-fired fancy stock pen down there? Well, Granny, it uh, turned out that that there was something called a tennis court. <laughs> what in is a tennis? <laughs> I don't know,
0: but one of these days, we'll get us a pair of them and go to raise them out there. I was watching it, and I was like, not a lot of uh, trick-or-treating or Halloween in this so-called Halloween episode. Yeah. And that's because, being from the hills, listen, I'll buy that they think the swimming pool is a cement pond and that the billiard table is a fancy eating table, but that they wouldn't know what Halloween was. Right. As my own personal pipeline to uh, that part of the country. Right. Yeah, Halloween was a thing.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: just
2: some children playing trick-or-treat
1: man oh. hi ma'am uh, the uh you got something for us so. aren't you rather big for this
0: as it goes forward they don't think that their new neighbors have been particularly neighborly like they haven't come over to welcome them and granny especially is just wants to go back home and jed's like well let's go see them and they go see them and that's when all the pieces come together yeah. the fact that they are just oblivious to what halloween is yeah I was okay with that once the payoff was, it's Halloween. They go to see their neighbors. Their neighbor thinks they're all trick-or-treating and gives them bags of goodies. Right. And they're like, they are quite hospitable. Yeah. Ain't that the most pitiful thing?
2: Heart-rendering. Just heart-rendering. And then... Not only that, yeah. They
0: see the children with their uh, false faces. Their masks and they their feel Halloween sorry clothes.
2: for all those rich people, and they go, No wonder they never came over to say hi. They're probably embarrassed at their freak children, <laughs> <they're>
0: hideous children.
2: <laughs> That's good stuff,
0: yeah. And, and that was it. Like Halloween was just like the button, it was like the last act, yeah, only. And uh, it took a while to get there, but uh, it paid off deliciously.
1: Yeah, you gotta come out here to Beverly Hills and bring Jethreen if she can't get a husband out of here. There ain't no hope. You ain't ever seen so many homely young'uns in all your born days. Right one, the modern light one. Now it's sexy. For those who think If yeah. I can't get a mummy. Let's at least look at tonight's movie. The mummy Cur- Sundays, holidays, vacation time, we must be ready every day, all the time, to do the right thing if the atomic bomb explodes.
0: Duck
1: and cover. Come on, come on. Oh, boy. Got long claws there. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, again, Mr. Bobby Piggy. The same week, the Beverly Hillbillies aired in
2: 1962,
0: which was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Also, when the Monster Mash was number one on the radio. So, not only was it Halloween, but the shock packages had delivered enough old monster movies to television for long enough a few years by now. That now the old classic monsters of the '30s are getting infused with the culture of the '60s. Basically,
1: Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, The Mummy, and The Creature from the Black Lagoon.
3: I guess Wolfman's my favorite because he changes into
0: it. If you've ever wondered why, like Frankenstein imagery and the hot rod cars seem to go so well together, uh, not to mention like surf culture and the classic monsters, maybe.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I've that, often that's thought why. about that. Yeah, yeah
0: it, was, it was this intersection of. All of the classic monster movies coming to TV basically at the same time. Mm -hmm. And whatever else was going on at the time, which was the baby boomers uh, in their teenage years and fast cars and everything else that was going on in 1962. Mm -hmm. Where were you in 62? Watching classic horror.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: And this gave a new career for any of the old boogeymen that were still around, which included, for our purposes, Boris Karloff, Mm -hmm. Peter Lorre, and... Lon Chaney Jr.
2: And I don't think we've even said the name of the show we yet. We haven't. So, and this is an episode of Route 66 called Lizard's Leg and Owlet's Wing. And this is a show, I, I'm i going to be real, I guess maybe I've heard of it, but I had never, definitely never watched an episode and definitely didn't really know what it was about. It's and not I thought a- it was really interesting once I sort of understood the concept, which is you're following two characters and they filmed on location. Man.
0: And they were always... Every, d-
2: every week, it was like a different city.
0: Yeah. How cool is that? They were just a couple of wandering spirits yeah. tapping into the tele... <laughs> as close as they could come on network TV to the beatniks.
3: Yeah.
0: Was just like two guys who decided just hit the road and occasionally get jobs. Right. And in this instance, those jobs are at a hotel where two things are happening.
2: Yeah. What
1: makes you think it's a convention group? When uh, two or more girls get together and there's no guy in the group, it's just got to be a
0: convention.
2: A secretary's convention? Yep. So just a bunch of ladies, a bunch of pretty ladies. Yes. And then also a meeting of the minds of three horror legends, would we say?
0: Yes, apparently they're all going in on like a production company together.
1: If we indeed we are to form a company and accept the network's offer to produce and star in the most terrifying stories ever seen on television, we must strike out in new directions, a a modern sort of horror, as it were. We can't rely on hair on our faces, nodules on our foreheads, or any of the old bag of tricks. Well, our only business can be to create new monsters, and I don't mean space creeps, down-to-earth monsters where people can identify themselves with them.
0: They were all in different cities, Yeah. and they've reached an impasse. Karloff says, we can't do the old scares anymore. It just won't work on today's society, which basically also makes him like the character he would eventually play in Targets, which is just like he no longer has confidence in his place in horror and like in this changing world. Peter Lorre, meanwhile, is like, no, it's great. It's what the people want. And Lon Chaney Jr., who, I wrote the note, is playing this like the cowardly lion. Yeah, he really is. Especially when he's in the Wolfman makeup. Yeah. And he's like, darn, 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 if you can't scare somebody. (laughs) Because he's chubby, now he's lovable. And the same goes for Peter Lorre, who has put on some weight by this point. Yeah. And Karloff is basically aged into, like, the grandfatherly character. And the three of them decide to meet at just sort of a neutral halfway point, so they're in this hotel in Chicago, and they've, like, rented out a banquet room.
2: Under assumed names.
0: Yes, which were all their first names backwards.
2: So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: They've all got different names. Mm -hmm. Uh, They could have just registered under their actual names. Right. William Henry Pratt, uh, Crichton, and whatever Peter Lorre's real name is. But,
2: you know, in their defense, I do not even think if they'd checked in under their regular names that they could have gone unnoticed, because... The first person that Peter Laurie sees is like, "Wait a minute!"
1: Has anyone ever told you there's a striking
0: resemblance between you and, you'll excuse me, sir, Peter Laurie? That's pretty insulting, isn't it? So yeah, so the show is still about the two guys. So one of them gets the secretaries, the other one gets the boogeyman, and uh, these cross when it's decided that the way that they would tell if they were still relevant or not as <laughs> horror icons. Is to get back in the old makeup and see if the secretaries get scared.
2: What's funny to me is they didn't come there planning to do that, but somehow they,
0: they pulled together
2: their old makeup.
0: Well, people okay. already ordered the coffin, so maybe he also got the makeup. That's
2: fair. That's fair. By the way, you asked me specifically, you were like, watch this episode. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did because, number one, it was fun. But also, like, if you had just been telling me this, I would have mm-hmm. been like, What? And like, it doesn't why? even sound real. Like, I can't believe this is real. And how. Yeah, and how.
0: <laughs> also, this is known to be the last time Karloff ever got in the Frankenstein makeup. Wow. And the last time Lon Chaney Jr. ever got in the Wolfman makeup. So, That's you, you can actually get this episode on Blu-ray, like, just on its own. And did we say the name of the episode? Yeah, I did. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not like they ever say that. It's, no. It's like part of, like, a magic spell. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Lizards like an elvet wing. I like that. But it is fun. Best scene probably, I'd say, the wolfman going into a room full of secretaries. Oh, yeah. And they all faint. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Peter Lorre is there recording. And then three women see him with no makeup and faint.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he just goes around taking photos of their passed out bodies.
2: Yeah. It's pretty funny. Two non-unimportant things that I just have to point out. One, I had never seen George Maharis in anything. You'd heard his name. I'd heard his name in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because Leonardo DiCaprio's character talks about like losing out on a role. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I was in the running with the three Georges: Georges. Papard, Maharis, and Chakaris. Yeah. anyway I was like when I saw his name pop I was like George Myers um and then and he bye uh, is he handsome and charming
0: you see why he'd be in the run I first.
2: do I do and the other the thing TV I just TV. wanted to mention is when Peter Laurie arrives at the hotel his luggage has like an alligator's head as the handle they make a meal out of it cuz he like it comes out of the car he's in and he picks it up like by the mouth and then maybe it's a real one if it is it's a small one but and then the guy tries to take um, his luggage to his room for him and he sla- he like slaps his hand maybe with a cane or something and picks it up himself but it's like the mouth of an alligator it's really charming
0: just a little context uh, for this so this would have been in Mad Men terms this would have been during the last episode of the second season. Okay. So if, if that plugs it into your uh, your experience,
2: yes, definitely with, with
0: AMC's Mad Men.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Which was the Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. episode? Yeah. So that was the exact time that this was airing, and that yeah. was the sentiment in the country. Yeah. Um, I watched one of the Mad Men episodes. I just you didn't tell me which one was the Halloween I episode. I kind of
2: dropped that I thought I might talk about it because I was like, meh, it's not Halloween-y enough to really call it a Halloween episode. Anyway, you tell me what you thought and I well, can I watched talk about The
0: Gypsy and the Hobo. Yes, that's which, the one
2: that I was thinking of.
0: Considering they'll cover like a whole year of like the 1960s like yeah. per season.
2: Yeah. You, yeah, sometimes a little more. And, and yeah. all
0: the hallmarks therein. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they would actually have a Halloween episode that aired originally October 25th, 2009. Oh,
2: I didn't realize. I love it. Yeah. That's great.
0: That's... I don't know good timing or uh, they got some smart people at Mad Men Oh yeah, knows how intentional it was Yeah. but that episode begins with a Halloween conversation nothing about Halloween and then ends with a Halloween tag
2: yes which is kind of why I was like I don't know if I'll make Marshall watch this but I'm, I'm glad you did I Just did it's a great show and I love it
0: The episode, The Gypsy and the Hobo, it starts with the changing times, which is, you know, the baby boomers in this are represented by the very young, which is Sally.
2: Sally and Bobby. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sally and
0: Bobby. His kids. And you have to catch on to the context. She's like, you can get them for $4 at Woolworth. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, just crap. You're going to wear it once and then you'll grow it. She's like, but I love Minnie Mouse. Yeah. And he's talking about the just disposable nature of the Halloween costumes, of like the Collegeville costumes, of the plastic mask and the plastic smock.
2: Because prior to that, it's like if you had a costume, your mom made it. You pulled it together.
0: Yeah. Smudged
2: your cheeks to be a hobo or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: There was enough stuff in the house that she could become like a, a reasonable gypsy, just wearing like her mom's yeah shawl. Yeah. And what have you? And so at the end, that is what they do.
1: Drink or drink it.
2: I want to point out mm-hmm. that doesn't sally get scared that they're going to go visit their family and she's like afraid yeah. they can't go trick-or-treating and she's like they have trick-or-treating there yeah but i imagine like that's a fear that a lot of kids have had in their childhood yeah, which is, is like if they're going to be away from home during trick-or-treating or christmas or whatever
0: trick-or-treating exactly how will the easter bunny find correct
2: me? exactly
0: how do you spend halloween well, I guess I spend it like uh,
1: most other parents. I stand by the door with a large sack full of jelly beans and candy ready to get rid of the kids by trick-or-treat.
0: And so then it ends, like the family's back together again after quite an episode where Don Draper's biggest secret comes out and yeah. he tells it to Sally. No, I'm sorry. Sally's the daughter. Whose wife? Betty. Betty. Yeah. Tells it to Betty about, like, his real identity and how he came to be Don Draper. Yeah. So... Wow, in this Halloween episode, you get to see, like, the real unmasked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I'm reaching here. But then they take the kids trick-or-treating. I
2: love this moment. It's one of my favorite moments of television ever.
0: First, there's, like, a shot of them trick-or-treating, and it's actually at night. Mm -hmm. And I watched, like, Freaks and Geeks, and just for budgetary reasons, it was all during the day. Yeah. And they try to put in a line, like, well, we'll go trick-or-treating early so we can go to the haunted house that the JCs are holding. And it's like, okay, but you just
2: didn't want to do a night shoot. It is like the
0: noonday sun. Yeah. And like all these kids are out trick or treating. Yeah. But in this, it was like one tracking shot. But still, it was kids at night and I was Mm -hmm. glad to see it.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: But then they get in front of the house and the guy is like, what are you? And she's like, I'm a gypsy. And he's like, what are you? He's like, I'm a hobo. And then just as like a a friendly neighbor aside goof, Mm -hmm. he asks uh, Don, Don
2: he says something like and who are you supposed to be yeah. and don kind of like he's wearing his hat right yeah. hat. and he kind of just like raises his eyes and looks up and looks at the guy and then smash to black that's the end of the episode i mean Credits. come on come on just right? great i'm so glad you watched and enjoyed because um, i know that was probably as, like, as a much good as i like
0: episodes halloween episodes where it's just like a regular episode with like a big bowl of candy corn to be able to actually use halloween to like say something was a real treat. Yeah.
2: I will also say that the last episode ever, there are Halloween decorations up in okay. the offices, and there's no there's nothing that ties into it really in Just any the way. the passage of time. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, so I wouldn't call that I would say that the Gypsy and the Hobo is very much on purpose a Halloweeny episode, but I don't know why the last episode takes place, but I love it cuz you get to see the little die cut, the little cutouts.
0: Probably where it times out in relation to the creation of the Coke commercial.
2: Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah.
3: Where does he get
1: his go? From me. I lend him my Cheerios. Daddy says
3: they're the greatest thing since Batwing. Mommy says they give him protein and stuff.
1: Big G, little O. Go with Cheerios. Butternut coffee. Regular and instant. Rich but never bitter. Skipper? Is that you? No, it's not the skipper. I'm Frankenstein's monster. Everybody's heading for Woolworth and Wilco to get set for Halloween. There's Star Wars costumes like Darth Vader and C-3PO. Superheroes like Spider-Man, Wonder Woman and Batman. All at bare bones prices.
0: Speaking of the past and costumes, I love TV show Halloween costumes. Yeah, which is an exercise of non copyright infringement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Particularly for the extras, you get a spread like you never see anymore of just like prisoner, hobo, you know, yeah. princess, cowboy, cowgirl, Abraham Lincoln, Dracula's, various animals, some form of punk rocker, depending what year it was made. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to be? A guy with a knife through his head. Oh, well. Mission accomplished. But I found that the shows that actually have the most intellectual properties are the ones that are set in the past. Mhm. Freaks and Geeks had like a Groucho Marx. The other kid said he was Gort, although he just he looked like a just a silver nothing. Um, What's Gort? From The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh, he was a
2: robot. Uh-huh.
0: And it's like you look like the Tin Man. He's like, "Well, I'm Gort."
2: Wait, is that the one that was doing the monster carry at fries? Yeah. May it rest in peace? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's what I thought. You know, Bill, you look really lovely.
1: I'm Jamie Summers, a bionic woman.
2: Oh, of course
3: you are.
0: Then it was like a guy dressed as a girl, and he was supposed to be um, the bionic woman. (laughs) Okay. And also, there was a good deal of copywritten characters in the 70s portion of the episode of That 70s Show Uh that we both watched.
1: (laughs) Mmm, raisins. No, raisins are good for you. Raisins are nature's candy. And eggs are nature's hand
0: grenade. When they opened the door to trick-or-treaters, there were kids as, like, Spider-Man and other, like, copywritten characters they had to clear. And then Fez dresses as Batman. So you got DC and Marvel in the same episode. Some lawyers are out there doing their jobs. Yeah. Clearing these things. Yeah. But then, in the same episode, there's these flashbacks to the 1950s party where um, Kitty finds out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And at that party, Red Zazoro but everybody else in a show that shows that it's perfectly capable of clearing intellectual property. But being true to the 1950s was like, he's a uh, Robin Hood. And this person is uh again like a pr- there's always like a prisoner.
1: Mhm. <laughs> I like your outfit. You're a kitty. <laughs> yes
2: I am, Frank. And what are you? Bum. I'm a bum. <laughs> so Come you're on. saying big ups to the costume designers.
0: Big up to the costume designers and whoever's paying attention to the differences between a 1950s Halloween party and what people would be wearing like the 1970s. Totally. From the vantage point of 1998. Mhm. Which I am now looking at, at the impossibly futuristic date of
2: 2022. It's overwhelming.
0: Not even a real year. (laughs) No. There are all these flashbacks in that, that 70s show episode, which was just called Halloween.
2: Aired on my birthday in 1999.
0: And I find that a lot of series, which might have more than one Halloween episode... The first one is very often just called yeah. Halloween. Because why not? It's Halloween. Who knows
2: if you'll get to do another Halloween episode.
0: Right? Like, Let's not bust our brains naming this episode. It's the Halloween episode. <laughs> now, when is too old to trick or treat is a debate. I erred on the side of being way too old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems according to... But
2: did you dress up? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was dressed up.
2: I think that helps a lot. Yeah. If you're 15 and not dressing up, And just going to try to get free candy, I feel like I'm more inclined to be like, hey, at least put forth some effort. But if you're 16 and you're like, you've got a crazy... You're Spudnik. I wasn't Spudnik. You're getting candy. I'm just saying. I
0: had a Grim Reaper. uh, Pretty cool. Cowl. Yeah. And cape. We're too old to trick or treat. We're too young to die. But according to TV shows, the age where you're too old to trick or treat is whatever age the characters are. Yeah. At that time, they're either one year past... Or right on the right on the bubble.
2: Well, I also think it makes a difference, um, you know, when we talked about our brief history of Halloween, that episode of our show. Yeah. I think it also makes a difference what decade you're in, because Halloween used to be considered very much a children's holiday. Mm-hmm. And it was only, like, you know, in the Ozzie and Harriet episode, there is some talk about the older kid being too old to trick-or-treat. And then that the adults, like, they do their own thing, and... There's some talk about being a little bit silly that they have a party at all because they're adults and it's a kid's thing. But then, as we know, as we scooted into the 60s, especially 70s and 80s, it became much more of an adult holiday again. And now it's, like, everybody.
0: Yeah, although trick-or-treating itself.
2: Trick-or-treating is one thing. I just yeah. mean, like, celebrating Oh, just celebrating, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for that, now it's completely deregulated. Yeah. But for trick-or-treating, like, the first season of the Goldbergs, he discovered he was... Possibly too old to trick-or-treat. It was a great debate Mm. within himself. And in that 70s show, they've declared themselves too old to trick-or-treat. So what do they do? First they go to the horror movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Which they say is Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Let's go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Michael, I told you
3: I don't like Texans.
0: (laughs) So they don't have the trope. And I find things set in the past don't do what things set in the present do, which is they just make up names of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I think they have great fun of just coming up with, like, Weed Whacker Massacre 7. Yeah. It came from under the swamp.
1: Yeah. Great horror movie. huh, Mom? I can't believe I let you and your father talk me into watching Don't Go Into the Basement Part 5. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you missed the first four. (laughs) What are you watching? Revenge of the Pod Zombies. Bloody, bloody prom night, bloody, bloody driving school, and the classic bloody, bloody jury duty.
0: (laughs) It does have the trope of we get to just listen to a horror movie while they're watching something. We get to hear what their interpretation of a horror movie is Mm -hmm. just through the sounds. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually on a show it's like organ music and a woman scream.
3: Yeah.
0: This time they were specifically watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but if you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it wasn't following no. the plot. <laughs> In the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, only one person gets killed with a chainsaw and mm-hmm. it's not a woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Women get killed just by other means. Yeah. And chased with chainsaws. Yes. But not actually killed. So they're watching it and we can hear they're like
1: <laughs> Oh, she's very good. <laughs> I like her. I hope she lives.
0: Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> Thank you, DVD Commentaries. There is one for this by the director who points out that the reason we're spending a little time following the, the gang to a horror movie is so they could set up the idea of horror movies. Just introduce it to the reality of the show. Yeah. Because the show is stylized enough that then, from that point, it takes on the tropes and stylization of a horror movie.
1: Mm -hmm. No, she was about to take her shirt off.
0: But but it had a purpose. Mm -hmm. It was to sort of announce what the rest of the episode would be Mm -hmm. as far as their plot, which is secrets come out in the old elementary school because they find their permanent records.
1: Would anybody like to know what Jackie's middle name is? (laughs) Jackie's middle name is...
0: As the show progressed, it just got more and more like a horror movie as far as, like, deep shadows and they all became to like mistrust each other yeah and they walk around with flashlights and nobody like. dies and nobody's in peril <laughs>
1: it's Beulah
2: no it, there's no serial killer stalking them at the old elementary school but do you know what is pretty scary What's childhood that? trauma things sure. like finding out that your friend let you take the fall for a thing that he did or having everybody else find out that your middle name is beulah like yeah, that I stuff is I'm pretty Jackie. scary when you're in high school <laughs> do you know what i mean so like no was it like the kinds of terror of getting stalked by a maniac no but there are some things that are maybe even scarier than that like your friends yeah. laughing at you or
0: you know yes Uh, you need a moment?
2: No, I'm ready for what, whatever Community Is coming next Nice
0: As much as I enjoy community, Kat It was your idea to, uh, pursue a couple of community episodes
2: Well, I remember when someone recommended it to me And I think it was Nick Snyder Boys and Ghouls listener And dear friend of the pod And dear friend in my life It was like, you gotta watch, this show has some great Halloween episodes. And when I mentioned to him and, like, Matthew and Daniel, who are my, like, spooky friends, we have a text thread Mm -hmm. all the time, and I was like, hey, we're gonna talk about TV episodes, and Nick was like, you gotta do, you gotta do a community. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. This is crazy! We're getting freaked out because it's Halloween. We just need to settle down. They're just such creative. There is a love for Halloween that comes out in this show's Halloween episodes.
0: And it's a a show that takes place during a school year. Yeah. So there's always going to be a Halloween. Yes. Rick
1: Don't forget to come by our Halloween scare dance starting the cafeteria at 9.30. Also, I had the lights rigged to flicker because it's Halloween! It's been happening for a week. Halloween week! So the lights will work on November 1st?
2: All Saints Day
0: month! There were four Halloween episodes. You watched the first two?
2: I may have seen the other two, I just only
0: re-watched two of them. Alright. Like a lot of shows, they get broader Oh yeah. as it goes on, and Community is certainly no, no exception. Right.
2: The first one is season one. It's called Introduction to Statistics, October 29th, 2009.
0: Annie hosts a Day of the Dead party. But meanwhile, yes. there's like a better party going on for like the teachers.
2: Yeah. That's uh, Allison Bree's character. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Chevy Chase's character uh, trades some of his old man medicine for some ecstasy.
2: Trying to feel young. Yeah. yeah. It's like high school all over again. Everyone's leaving.
1: Not me. I could do this all night. I love
2: you. I did make a note that I yeah. feel like will apply to a lot of episodes we talk about, which is, isn't it just fun to see characters that you like in Halloween costumes?
0: Yes. It's just fun. The Brita character is always dressed up in something body hiding,
2: mm.
0: you might say. In this first one, she starts it off by being a squirrel in this big squirrel outfit. For the next one, she's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And for the... Well, the third one, there's no costumes. It's a pre-party.
1: And I told you guys you didn't have to dress up. Oh, we were wearing this when you called.
0: Yeah, when we dress up, you'll know it. Then the fourth one, she's a ham. Like, she's this giant, shapeless ham, and you can just see her face, like, peeking out of it and kind of her arms.
2: Guys, there's some kind of infection at the party that's making people act weird and bite each other. We need to coordinate an orderly evacuation without causing unnecessary pain.
1: (laughs) Holy crap, Lennon's a...
0: Just to show just how broader it got from season one to season two, in the episode called Epidemiology. This is the one
2: I remembered and was thinking about when yeah. I was like, "Gotta, gotta do Community."
0: The zombie. Episode, it's so
2: fun and clever. Where there is a
0: zombie outbreak in the Community College.
2: Yeah.
0: During the Halloween party, because of some bad what they, they at least think is taco meat.
2: Yeah, it's military surplus, like, MREs or something, Mm -hmm. but potentially had actually been used in military experiments or something. Like,
0: who knows? It's cited in in Special Features that they took a page from Return of the Living Dead with the bit where, like, they have to, like, call a number that's on the side of Mm -hmm. the thing and just, like, connect them with a general.
2: And (laughs) they got to quarantine
0: the place for, you know, until the army can arrive.
2: Yeah. Did we lose anybody out there?
1: No. Is anybody hurt? No. Okay, last question, and I know it's a long shot, but did anybody happen to shut off the Dean's Playlist? And
0: meanwhile, it's full of jokes, but it's being treated like just a regular zombie outbreak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's only like you know 23 minutes long. Yeah. Short it's film. Very,
2: very short. But with classic beats like the guy who hides that he's been bitten. Yeah. Slurred speed. You
1: got bit! It felt like maybe I was... Ah,
2: special? You're not special. I'm special. I was bit ten minutes ago, and I'm. <laughs> oh, great I guffawed. I laughed so hard, and the way it's delivered is just one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my whole life. There are also some great cat scares in this episode, down in like the basement, yeah, wherever it, they it are. Yeah, it just keeps happening. Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible stuff.
1: What is up with that cat? Is someone throwing it?
0: And the Halloween party looks great. Looks better than any Halloween party ever. Yes. And they've got these, like, black trees and black balloons and great lighting just kind of coming from all these weird places, just kind of behind things. Mm-hmm. So that it's like, oh, that's a really nice-looking uh, Halloween party. And then once the zombie outbreak really gets into high gear, it's a great background for a zombie outbreak.
2: Yeah. yeah. Scenario, it's almost like the they worked the backwards school. from that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the end the army comes and then wipes everyone's memory with some kind of memory wiping spray. Good because if they didn't, it's all anyone would talk about in every other episode of course. For the rest of the run of the right. series. Right.
2: I also have to point out that what's so fun about a zombie outbreak that takes place on Halloween yeah. is that they start noticing people are acting odd, but people act odd in Halloween costumes at a Halloween party. Like, are they just in character? Are they just drunk? Are they having fun? Like, it's not like noticing a normal crowd of people and being like, those people are acting odd.
0: It does allow danger to fester. Yeah. uh, Progress. A little little
2: longer. Yeah, Longer
0: than otherwise.
1: Prepare to meet the power of imagination.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They did go for some, like, you know, copyright and stuff, like, uh,
2: uh, Abed Ch- is Batman.
0: Yeah. No. Without, yeah, in the first one. Oh. In the zombie one. Oh! Abed is, the, like, the alien. Yeah,
2: they do the paired costume. And
0: Troy is, like, the, uh, the power loader. Oh,
2: it's incredible. And
0: apparently, originally, it looked great. It looked like this great power loader. What, but did it look legal, too good? The legal department had them, like, take off bit by bit until it just resembled, like, yeah, now I can see it. It's a power loader. Yeah.
2: Which just goes to show that you can do... Less than perfect, creating your own costume and get most of the way there, and people's imagination will fill in the rest. Because yeah. I looked at that paired costume and was like, "This is incredible! Like they both looked so cool."
0: Yeah, it does look like what a guy would make. Yeah, you know, on his own without having like an art department.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've been bit, y'all. Yeah. Congrats! Hmm. You did what the zombies do.
0: So you never saw season three's horror fiction seven spooky steps. It's a pip, and a pip. Yeah, that's an old term for it's It's very good.
2: Oh, I've it, never heard that phrase. yeah,
0: it's a real corker.
2: Haven't heard that one either, but I understand your drift.
0: <laughs> now you're on the trolley. Among what's good about that episode is it's three seasons in, and it was discovered that they were coming up on their third Beetlejuice reference of the show.
2: Oh, yes, I know about this.
0: They realized then that they had put in another Beetlejuice reference earlier in that same season, and deleted it so that their third reference could come on the Halloween episode.
2: What's the blonde's name? Bitter Butter Beetlejuice? Jennifer must be
1: real special. Don't you usually wear the stripy turquoise Beetlejuice numbers?
2: There's nothing in your playlist but Spooky Party, the Beetlejuice soundtrack, and NPR podcast.
0: And right when she says Beetlejuice for the third time...
2: In the background. yeah, Yeah. An
0: extra in a Beetlejuice outfit just crosses screen.
2: It's an incredible... Incredible joke.
0: Yeah. Like, so it like wasn't planned game. since like season one, and it wasn't even planned from season two. But season three, when they realized what they could do, they did it.
2: I wonder how they realized that.
0: Her name was given. Oh, did me. you say a writer? A uh, story editor, but yeah, writer. Uh, nice. Megan Gans wow. discovered that they were coming up on a third reference.
1: Wow. <coughs> now at Burger King, Beetlejuice figures with the lovable characters from Beetlejuice on one side and on the other. Then watch MTV's Tricks and Treats Weekend instead. Stade, Bolly Halloween special, Night of the Living Megadeth, Madonna, A Body of Work, The Making of Michael Jackson's Thriller, and the spookiest videos of all time. Miss it! It's your funeral! <laughs> There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. It's not easy being 15... Angela is in love. Angela Chase knows just how you feel. Something just happened
0: between Jordan and Do we confront her? Oh, God. Don't People think we did it. I know. My So-Called Life. Kat, okay, I'm going to take you back to the yesteryear of 1994.
2: Oh, we're doing it. Here we are.
0: My So-Called Life. The My So-Called Life Halloween episode called Halloween, which came out on October 27th, 1994. My so-called life only lasted one season, and it's about the uh, trials and tribulations surrounding Angela, played by a Young Claire Danes, and her sort of extended group of friends, and kind of her new friends, and then kind of the old and her friend. family too. And her family. Yeah, they
2: focus a little good bit on the parents. The, and the parents get a,
0: a bit of a, of a plot in this mm-hmm. one. Oh yeah. And it's all to do with Halloween. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is a
2: very Halloweeny episode. Yes. In every respect. Did you forget Catalano? I felt like I got
1: something going here. I told Tino about your book. So we are going to meet here tonight, outside the school, at like 9, because it's a witchy number. And we are going to contact the spirit of Nikki Driscoll.
3: Finally, it's Halloween.
0: And this one gets into the paranormal. And uh, I'm also going to file this one under nostalgia, even though... Okay, it, it had like a, some 50s to it.
2: Well, it's 60s. 60s. Technically, early 60s. Early but 60s, yes. Because the they make a reference to the Kennedy assassination.
0: Right, right. So. But watching it now, I'm nostalgic. Yeah,
2: it's weird. It's like nostalgiaception.
0: For the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. It came out the same year I graduated high school. Wow. So I got a real BCAD for that year.
2: I think you've talked about that before on this podcast, that that was a storied year for you.
0: They really leaned into the time period from which it was set. And good for them, also because, you know, TV shows are always made by people older than, you know, their experiences were 10-whatever years earlier. Yeah. And some things are universal, of course, but if nothing else, they also leaned into the fact that Cobain had died not long before. Yeah. They don't get into discussion about the death of Kurt Cobain But they do have, like, a Rolling Stone with, like, his picture on the cover. And uh, IMDb points out that there's a bit where the teacher says, now turn to page 27.
2: Mm. It's like,
0: ah, 27. Yeah. The age of so many.
2: I mean, this is a show that doesn't shy away from darker themes. And Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that about it. Because I think, in that way, I think it had a lot of respect for its audience and who were young people at the time, too.
0: Now, Angela's (laughs) concern over uh, Jordan Catalano. Oh, played by a young uh, Jared Leto, manifests itself when she becomes pretty quickly obsessed with the story of the kid who died in the school on Halloween night. In like 19- Nikki, Nikki Driscoll. Nikki Driscoll. Uh-huh. Back in the early 60s. Yeah. And, like, someone has, and I thought this was such a great, kind of now almost gothic touch... Because at the time, card catalogs were being phased out. And the way you would check out books was being Mm -hmm. changed. But books would still have.
2: They still had the little, yeah. Even when I was coming up,
0: yeah. Yeah, that said who had checked out the book. And it's like, this book was checked out by Nikki Driscoll. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Love that. That
0: night, they break into the school to have a seance for Nikki Driscoll. But... Rayanne Ann gets split up with Brian Krakow, and they have their own thing. They wind up in the the basement together. Angela winds up on her own and has an experience. So cool. Was it a dream? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or was it? Or was it? Because that's another trope of these. Mm -hmm. So you don't talk about it for the rest of the... Like, you know, the next episode, she wasn't like, I saw a
2: ghost! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just, no, we're on to the next high school drama. Yeah.
0: So... I know the whole or was it is always at the end of something, and that's the point. Sure. But anytime there's a nod towards like the afterlife is real, a show will always put at the very, very end, so it kind of almost doesn't count. Right.
2: During this era of appointment television or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're not immediately rewatching the episode and talking about like, oh, remember that paranormal? It's just like no, you're the next week. You're moved on to the next thing. And- yeah,
0: and well, they're not fracturing the reality they've set up for the show. It's not no. the X Files. No. It's my so called life where things have to be grounded and real for the drama to yeah. exist. Yeah. Because otherwise it was like, you know, there is a God and there's a hell and a heaven. I have proof here. There was a rose in my book. Because <laughs> the rose comes back yeah. at the end. Yeah. As the, or was it?
3: Yeah.
0: But in her dream, uh, she just has, like, a conversation with uh, Nicky Driscoll, who considers himself just sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't.
2: And she's like, you don't have to do this. She's trying to save his life. Yeah,
0: and it turns out that there was all these stories of how he died. And what it turns out it was, was they were going to, like, hang a an effigy of the principal from the rafters. And he, like, slipped and fell. It's so sad. so he died. Meanwhile, when she kind of goes back in time, which kind of dreams she does, mm-hmm. one might say. Mm-hmm. She's wearing the 50s clothes that she wore as a Halloween outfit. She goes into the gym, and i got to say, I mean, most things that are gothic are kind of, by definition, time is sort of, like, run out on it. Things are dying. And this is like, I mean, they would have never had the budget to fill a gym full of people in 1960s clothes. So it's all after the dance. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of girls who are, like, on the prom committee, just taking off. Mm-hmm. And everything else is just, like, lilting balloons and sagging streamers. Mm-hmm. Like orange and black. Yeah. Everywhere. And it just like sagging the dance is dying. Yeah. Basically. It's the same as a fall tree or a junkyard of dead cars. It's
2: a nice image. It also because of the way it's kind of key lit, it feels like it could be a moment in a play on a stage. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very like yeah, it's it's, it's special. It's very effective, mm-hmm. and
0: it's not like so much uh, else that we've been watching where they use the tropes of horror to just be like ghost and goblin blah zombie yeah. blah. Yeah, and they have you know certain nineteen fifties tunes were just like spooky the way songs from the past mm-hmm. tend to get. So it was just spooky enough, and it was just paranormal enough. And then when she wakes up from the dream. We were like, okay, we were on a real adventure there, but it's not going like, to change her next week.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? And mm-hmm.
0: then she can take what she learned from this experience. Apply and, it
2: to the whole Jordan situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, good stuff.
0: When's a, when's a ghost going to come along to give her a little advice on how to whip Brian Krakow into shape? I don't know. When I watch we that can't guy, tune
2: in to season two for that because it didn't get a season two.
0: My takeaway from that whole episode was just Brian Krakow. Cannot get out of his own way.
2: Yeah, bless him. I haven't felt this devastated since Krakow was left standing with his bike.
1: And Jordan Catalano pulled away with Angela.
0: It's not right. So, couched in a dream. That was my so-called life's introducing of the paranormal into an episode. And then just kind of, like, wrapping it up with a nice bow so, like, we're not... Using Ouija boards. The next episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But onto a show where the paranormal and the supernatural is a daily occurrence. The
1: Halloween event you must see. Showtime. The ultimate show. Buffy, no! For the ultimate scare. A Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't leave that open.
0: You should be afraid to miss. Oh. So, uh, you want to guess what this season two episode was called?
2: Well, I don't have to guess because I know it intimately, but I could guess had I not known it because of a pattern we've noticed, which is it's called Halloween.
0: Halloween.
2: Yeah. This is season two, episode six. Yeah. It aired October 27th, 1997, and I think you could bet your bippy
0: <laughs>
2: that the day after my birthday in 1997, Yeah, that's exactly where I was, was watching this episode. Okay. I'd put money on it. I I was very into this show.
0: And I'm sure you were not disappointed. Do you want to give me a rundown on the plot?
2: Oh, it's wonderful. So it's Halloween. Giles has told Buffy, hey, it's going to be a quiet night. Vampires, the undead, weird spooky happenings, they tend to lay low this time of year, if no other time. So like, things are probably going to be quiet. And Buffy's like, great. I'm going to be able to, like, do whatever I want. I got the night off. But Principal Snyder ropes the gang into taking kids out trick-or-treating who need someone to take them out and on them. And costumes are mandatory. Mm -hmm. So the gang all put together costumes. And as we find out later, the costume shop, they've purchased their costumes from the proprietor. Has some bad deeds in mind, casts essentially kind of a spell slash mm-hmm. curse over these costumes so that on that night, people who wear them will turn into the character they're dressed as to create bedlam. Yeah, and an opportunity presents itself for Spike yes. and Drusilla. Yeah, oh, yeah, chaos in general, and then Spike and Drusilla are very excited. Or Spike, Spike is very excited because he's like, oh, he for figures
0: those who don't out know, that the Spike sl- and Drusilla are uh, season two introduced vampires who yeah. are in town to cause some havoc.
2: Yeah, and he's very excited to find out that Buffy is basically defenseless because she's dressed as like a rich proper lady from a, a
0: woman of means from like the 17th century
2: exactly and, and she she's quite not defenseless. The, not the slayer well, it's not our place to fight surely some men will protect us
0: it took that like in case you were starting to forget or taking for granted just the general conceit and what made the show so special of just having this um young lady be the ass kicking hero of the show I think it's never better illustrated than when she's not yeah got her powers or abilities, and it's like, oh, no, <laughs> what are we going to do? Buffy's been taken out of the game mm-hmm. because she thinks she's a, a lady in waiting yeah. or, or what have you.
1: This just
2: isn't me, and that's the point.
1: Look, Halloween is the
2: night that not you is you, but not you, you know? And towards the beginning of the episode, Buffy is kind of chastising Willow for wanting to be a sheet ghost. She's like... Oh, yeah, just a ghost and, and she sheet. Yeah. And, With and the she word, says Yeah. She says, it's come as you aren't night. Mm-hmm. And boy, does it end up being that.
0: And Willow, as I understand it, to get it past the censors, they couldn't just say she was in some kind of hoe outfit. They had to say rock star. Mm. So she was in a rock star yeah. outfit. So when she becomes an actual ghost, she still has her wits about her and yeah. all of her memory, unlike some but other characters. She, yeah. But she's um, intangible. She's a ghost. She just walks through And
2: she's in her sexy costume. Yes. Yeah. It's so fun to see people's reaction to her outfit.
0: Who is that girl? For a lot of the show, she might walk through the occasional wall or something. Yeah. But for much of the show, you'll notice the actress is, like, avoiding touching anything. Sure, yeah. Because she can't...
2: They only used that pretty... Anything. When they had to. Yeah. One time of which was economically, but, like, really well used, which was for a scare to Giles. So she walks into the library through a wall, and he's like, Yeah!
0: <laughs> well, i get out of here now. But... Now. Hello, Ripper. And in this Halloween episode... We learned something about the real Giles.
2: Yeah. What makes this episode so incredible is it's this really fun Monster of the Week episode, Mm -hmm. as it were, where we've got somebody new came to town and is creating chaos and puts our heroes in danger and all of that. But at the same time, that person, it turns out, isn't just an agent of chaos. He's not just some guy who wants to whatever. He's got History yeah. with Giles, and we learn that Giles used to—he calls him Ripper. Yeah, and we learned this guy Ethan Rain. He and Giles knew each other, and it seems like Giles was kind of a bad guy. Yeah, and like—and
0: he still got some of the moves because yeah. he just lays into uh, Ethan. Pretty
2: cool to see Giles like kick an ass like that
0: until he tells him how to break the spell. So yeah. he's not just some stuffy librarian. No, and uh, it will be a few more seasons till we also learn he can play the guitar. Yeah, that's right.
1: Trick, or Trick, or tree. Trick tree. oh my
2: goodness, aren't you adorable?
0: Is there more about the episode you want to say?
2: I want to say th- that it's a great episode of TV. That's all I got. I mean, it's just fantastic. If you have never watched it, you don't have to know a ton about the show. I think it plays really well on its own, but it's also just like a great episode with great characters. You get everybody gets to have fun. Just great stuff. Just great. Great thematically, great just Halloween-y tropes. You get to see kids trick-or-treating at night. Yeah, and we at didn't night. even say, you know, the kids, some of the kids turn into real monsters, which Yeah, is that's, fun. that's what makes
0: this most effective as a curse. Right. If you were dressed as a goblin, to become a goblin.
2: Yeah. I could have sworn
1: I had more candy. I'm sorry, Mr. Monster. Maybe I <laughs>
0: The next thing, I I, I just wanted to put it somewhere and I wasn't sure where. So I thought there is a difference between shows that bring in like horror tropes with low stakes because by and large in these, you know, the sitcoms especially, no one actually dies. Mm -hmm. But what about those shows that are like murder mystery shows Mm. or procedurals Mm
3: -hmm.
0: where someone for real dies and then you bring in Halloween? It's kind of the opposite. You're sort of making light. Mm. You're kind of making a cabaret or... Of an actual person's death.
2: So, I see what you're saying. It's like, on a more fun show, you could use Halloween as an opportunity to bring in a little more seriousness, potentially. But on a show that already deals with dark themes, maybe Halloween is used in a different way. Can and can be. be used a little more playfully, potentially.
0: And I guess, I just want to say, the show that really got the tone right, which is already a light show, considering there's murder, was an episode of Monk. Oh. Called... Mr. Monk goes home again. You ever watch, watch Monk?
2: No, I'm sure I've seen a scene or two, but um, I mean, I like Tony Shaloub.
0: Among the strengths of Monk is the very motive is sometimes just baffling. Like, why would somebody kill a 105-year-old man?
2: And remind me what his thing is.
0: Uh, uh, well, various mental ailments, the biggest being like OCD.
2: Okay, so his sort of like different... Abilities aid him in his work, or hamper him, or hamper. You know, it's it's like
0: uh, he might be on a chase, but he has to touch every, oh, uh, every like pole.
2: Oh boy, along the way, and
0: also he's a big germaphobe. Ah, and he's got a much like Sherlock Holmes. He's got a smarter, he's got a smarter brother.
3: Oh,
0: who's even more eccentric in certain ways, and. His brother is played by John Turturro. John Turturro is agoraphobic, he never leaves the house. He left once, once in 34 years.
3: At least he left.
0: Well, the house was on fire. I had to drag him out. But, okay, so in this one, there's actually a mystery surrounding the Halloween candy. Trick
1: or, treat. Trick or treat! Wait, wait, not
0: yet. Trick or treat. I've
1: accepted your terms, which means we now have an implied contract. By accepting this treat, you are, in effect promising to refrain from committing any tricks against me or this property now or in the
0: future are there any questions why would someone come in and a grown man try to steal your halloween candy and how is this connected to the murder that was down the street earlier fun and so on and then monk has to go out and like figure it out among like the child trick-or-treaters
2: okay so you get a lot of like ambiance of halloween oh yeah yeah fun
0: you couldn't just have this episode without the halloween Got it. Yeah. It. And that's what I like. Nice. Where you can't just remove the Halloween and still of the episode. Are you okay. Did he get more
3: than one piece? Wow,
1: a Hershey bar. There's a smile in every Hershey bar. You're invited to a haunted Halloween party. Can we all just get? Special night in time. It's all part of Fox's Halloween Bash. Third. next on ABC's Halloween Bash. Be on the lookout for Zipfire a Day Again. A spectacular
0: spin city. Cat, uh, a great trope of some of these Halloween episodes is cameos by established horror icons. Yes. We already have brought up one of the biggest ones, the Route 66. Yeah. With Karloff and Lori and Lon Chaney Jr. Not as celebrated is a season seven episode of Benson. which I, I just s- watched this. Oh, you watched the episode? Yeah, I oh did. Oh, my gosh. I
2: did on Impulse yesterday. And ever since I watched it, the theme song has not left my brain. Mm. It's so catchy. It's like... Doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. Anyway, right. it's, it's great. I really enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, please go on. Yes. Well,
0: I remember talking with you about it a little bit. And I was like, okay, so Benson, he's, like, the butler for the governor. And then I watch it, and he's, like, lieutenant governor?
2: Well, I was reading about it. Apparently, over the course of the show, he works his way up yeah, the so ladder. And, like, seven. he becomes a mayoral candidate yeah, or I'm whatever, like, or governor He's making Cuba a lot tutorial. of calls. in this. Yeah, <laughs> in this yeah he's mansion. pretty important, yeah.
0: Um, so, great. And it's, like, a stormy night, and they have to deal with, like, floods in the area and things like that. But everyone's, like, kind of trapped in the governor's mansion. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's an old Irish curse. On Halloween of all nights, if a teacup on All Hallows Eve falls upon the floor, prepare your mortal self to leave, for death is at the door. I don't get it. What does it
2: mean? Klaus, it's a curse. Don't pry. (laughs) The staff are all there with the governor, and they're trying to advise him on the best things to do and say to the public. And this man shows up through an open window, played by
0: William Marshall. William Marshall, a.k.a.
2: Blackula.
0: The king of (laughs) cartoons.
2: Yes. Um,
0: Blackula. Yes. Good evening.
1: I seek refuge from the storm.
2: At first, it's just, like, seems coincidental, spooky things. Benson's trying to explain it away. The rest of the staff are, like... Uh, notably, one of the ladies thinks it's an Irish curse. He's not a man. He's the Irish curse. He's a specter of death living amongst us.
1: Well, he may be the specter of death, but he's certainly not Irish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the rest of the staff are convinced increasingly that this man who has come to them is death is the grim reaper yeah. his business card or he introduces himself as g reaper and they're like oh my god yeah,
0: in his business like travel
2: travel I and I he specialize
0: says, in one-way trips one-way trips
2: right but benson is like ever the level-headed guy and he's like Y'all, he's just a guy, okay? Like yeah. and they're like, But the room, it got so cold when he came in. He's like, yeah, because the window is open and it's a dark and stormy night. Like, chill out. He's just a he's just a man.
0: He does start to believe. He
2: does start to believe. My
1: friends in the kitchen have this notion that your name G Reaper stands for Grim Reaper. <laughs> you must get that all the time. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> What do you say when people say they think you're dead? I tell them the truth. I am (laughs) dead.
3: That
1: must kill them. (laughs) Usually, eh?
0: <laughs> Instead of playing death in chess, which is traditional, he mm. plays death in Trivial Pursuit. Yes. And then uh, plays him for the lives of, like, a school bus full of kids that are, like, in danger. Yeah, during like, the a, storm. On a washed-out road. One
2: body of water is
0: 1,290
1: feet below sea level.
0: The dead see (laughs) and all of death's answers are always like the grateful death
3: (laughs) death valley Yeah,
0: yeah exactly what 1973
1: movie starring charles bronson spawned two sequels hmm charles bronson come on quit stalling i really should get out more go to the movies relax come
3: on answer the question
1: I don't know. Death's wish. Oh
2: Gora I win. And oh. he wins against death. He wins.
1: Yeah. Well enjoy the time that you want. Or live actions
3: just like Charles
0: <laughs> And then they have a moment that I think would have played better if death didn't literally disappear in front of mm-hmm. him, which is he looks up like an ironwork explosion that he had, was like, I haven't been through here since this thing. And he yeah. looks, you know, Benson looks it up in some book and it turns out it was like an accident where like 40 people died.
3: Mm-hmm. He's
0: like, wow. He's like, yeah, that would have been a lot more impressive if the man hadn't literally apparated in front of him. Yeah. Other things that happen as... Time goes on, things get broader. Yeah. And not just stylistically, but on a show, sometimes, and I, I watched some Perfect Strangers Halloween episodes, and they were grounded in reality. And then you reach this, like, season five, whatever, and it's just like, ghosts are real and they're making us float. <laughs> you know? Wow, There's yeah. no, like, it was a dream or was it? It was a ghost or was it? Yeah. It was just like, Yep, this ghost made us float. We're yeah. floating now.
2: I wonder why that happens and sometimes it on shows.
0: I don't know. They just stop caring.
2: Yeah. Or they just decide to have, have fun, and who cares? Or fun, yeah. yeah. I mean, with Benson specifically, with this episode, it seems like it's a an opportunity to have a poignant moment. Yes. That maybe hits a little more emotionally than a traditional episode of the show would be, but I haven't really watched the show.
1: Monday night is the night of the screams. Jump Street is haunted. I looked that way once after an especially gnarly chili dog. If you think that's strange, wait till you see what Halloween is like in 1995. Halloween Saturday. <laughs> Three outrageous hours of fright. For you, treaters and you tricksters. Giving now an night. Empty nests, nurses and sisters. Now that, that's scary. for long. Let's find out
0: why. A uh, couple other good cameos. <laughs> okay. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. was So, Blackula was coming in as, like, an established character.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the Route 66, that was the point. They were these well-known horror icons. But Boy Meets World was taking advantage of the very current Kevin Williamson Scream meta... I Know What You Did Last Summer phenomenon that was going on at the time by casting Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hi, Eric Matthews. And you are?
3: Jennifer Love Pfefferman.
0: Who was dating one of the actors at Mm -hmm, the time. mm -hmm. That's kind of how they got her. Yeah. And, but you see stage kissing on TV, like TV kissing, and you're like, "Eh, that looks real enough. But boy, when you see the real thing, when you see, you know, two actors that are dating each other start to just lock lips... Yeah, you're like, oh my! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're really going for it there. This doesn't make any sense. It does if you've seen as many horror films as I have. This is classic: the locked door, the scary janitor,
1: the bloody warning, and our soon-to-be first victim,
0: me. Why me? Well, Jenny,
2: it's certainly not going to be any of us. <laughs> what do <are> you do?
0: <laughs> that episode—it uh, turns out to all be a dream, because of course it is. But it's also very meta, pretty funny, uh, episode where during a detention class, people start getting kind of wiped out one at a time.
2: It's so fun. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite?
1: Ooh, okay. Well, I like that one with the hottie-hot-hot from Party of Five. Nev Campbell?
0: Duh. (laughs) And like the better episodes, it does tie in with, like, it doesn't progress the, the arc of the season's plot, But it does kind of, like, take a moment with one of the characters.
2: Yeah. Sean is, like, sad because his friends have broken up. Yeah. And he doesn't know who he is without his friends being together.
0: And you never say it, but he comes from a broken home. Yeah. And he's kind of projecting. Yeah. And this all leads to a dream he has where everyone's getting killed off one at a time in the high school. Yeah. In the sitcom high school, which means, you know, it's, like, two hallways and a library that has, like, three shelves. Mm -hmm.
2: And you can really tell that... All of the actors, including Mr. Feeney, like yeah. everybody is having a blast making a- this. I mean, at least that's how it feels to me. It feels like it was just such a fun episode for all of them to do, and it's so fun to watch because of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mr.
0: Feeney gets a death scene. Yeah. Where he hits his, like like, he drops, boom, knees first. And I know I spent a little time worrying about actors' knees in the last episode, but uh, the actors of this have gotten together. Thank you, Pandemic, for getting actors together for Mm watch-alongs. And, you know, commentaries are becoming less of a thing now that DVDs are becoming less of a thing. But podcasts and little online reunions and Mm -hmm. Zoom reunions between actors are uh, really taking the place of some of that. So I watched a watch-along of this episode with a good bulk of the cast And they said, every take, that actor was just like, boom, knees to the ground, (laughs) face plant.
2: wow. Right? Yeah, he was really going for it.
0: Yeah, I guess he was. This also actually had a little, um, it was all a dream. Or was it? Yeah. So just for fun, the hooded figure shows back up and like runs out the door. Yeah. But um, this show used to be on Disney+, and maybe it will be again. Oh,
2: It was. Oh. That's how I watched it? Really? Is it not anymore?
0: Or did you not find
2: that it was? That's how I rewatched it.
0: Entered the wrong keywords? Oh. Did I misspell boy? Did I misspell meets?
2: We'll never know. Or maybe it was all a dream. Or was Was it? it...
1: it's a night of sorcery i'm a witch seances things that go in the night a halloween 90210 wednesday at 8 7 central who will survive the night of the wicked dummies get out! can't we just get along all new family matters after charlie brown cbs halloween well our abc halloween bash is in full swing and my show Screen of the
3: teenage
1: witch is up next
0: Here's an honorable mention. This isn't a horror icon, but this has to go somewhere. Um, A lot of the research I've done for this episode, I actually did for our 2020 episode Mm. when I had nothing to do but find Halloween things for our 2020 episode. Like, that became my job. Yeah. So I watched a bunch of Sabrina the Teenage Witches. And there's a fact that I don't know why it isn't being talked about all the time. Probably because at the end of the day, it's a non-event. But apparently, during the episode, season three... Goodwill Haunting, oh,
2: what a great name! Where
0: Sabrina has a uh, night in with a double date and a haunted doll. Anyways, a mummy comes in at one point. Wow! Wrapped all in bandages. Uh huh. That mummy was played by Ringo Starr. What? Who must have known someone, I guess, with the production or been friends with somebody who? He's got to have friends. And you can't see his face.
2: Strange
0: places. No, no, can't see his face. He doesn't say a word. Wow. Fred is Ringo Starr. Go on, Ringo Starr's IMDb. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Season 3, Mummy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Delightful. (laughs) What the heck?
1: I've always wondered what it's
0: like to be a mummy. Pretty much like being a daddy, I imagine. And why didn't I just, like, run to a microphone the second I found that out in 2020? Right. (laughs) Like, guess
2: what, world? You held on to that for such a long time. What the heck? Wow.
0: Get ready for Halloween
1: on VH1. Don't miss me, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, when I count down the top 21 scariest videos of all time.
2: I just love
1: a family night. If the weather's a fright, make it a blockbuster night. She started out with a local horror show here in Los Angeles. Now she has syndicated weekends all over the country. She has a line of movie tapes. She has a line of comic books. And her Halloween costume this year was the biggest selling costume of any Halloween costume ever. But it looks a lot better on her. So let's see her fill it out. Alvira. Elvira.
0: <laughs> Speaking of impressive cameos, all this is uh, leading to the cameos of one Elvira.
2: The queen. I'm sorry.
0: The mistress. The mistress of the dark. Of the dark.
2: Um, also a queen.
0: <laughs> I wanted she to... tweeted
2: about me once.
0: Oh? She responded to you? or No. What? My,
2: my, the, like, engagement video. Right, right, right. She quote tweeted it.
0: When you went viral.
2: Mm-hmm. It just... Like, her quote tweeting it. I was just like, well, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I could die right now. Cloud nine. Yeah. just the best.
0: Without getting into... Because her life is storied mm-hmm. and interesting. But just the bullet points for the character of Elvira. The first one being that movie macabre, which Elvira, by the time you came around, was she was just like a thing. She was like an established oh, yeah. thing. Which... What was she?
1: That sassy lassie who ain't all that classy. That gal with a shape that drives men eight. That video cutie who makes the boys stand up and salute The couch potatoes'
2: favorite tomato.
0: She's the ghoul that makes the boys drool.
2: I guess. I just knew her like, as a spooky, like,
0: presence. character. Yeah. Presence. Yeah. but She didn't yeah. have, like, power. She wasn't a witch.
2: No. She was just sexy and spooky and was around Halloween time like you'd see her. And it was like, oh, yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't she create the character, like, at the Groundlings?
0: She created a Valley Girl character, which she then plugged into. She in kind of translated
2: it into this. When you know? they were
0: looking to replace. They were looking to replace Seymour. That's right. So just to bring up, for a second time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. the horror host that the guy's watching. Yeah. During the final scenes. He's watching on TV and is, like, thinking about how American TV is better than in Poland. hmm That was Seymour. Mm-hmm. And Seymour was six years dead when they decided to replace him with a woman who would be modeled after the one who came before Seymour, well before Seymour, Vampira. Yeah. So Vampira plus her Valley Girl character basically equals Elvira. And Seymour also had a job, a long standing gig at Knotts uh, Berry Farm. Which was which was called at the time Knotts Berry Farm's Halloween haunt. Nowadays called Knotts Scary farm. farm.
2: Yeah. For for those who haven't visited Start Southern California, cow. Knott's Berry Farm is not a farm. It used to have berries that were grown there, but it's a theme park now. Yeah. With it, also jams like and jellies you can and buy. It had yeah. like a
0: little couple rides for a roadside attraction yeah. and it blew up, and for the last many, many years it's really done Halloween well. Yeah. And she then took over like a year after movie macabre started. Mm-hmm. And she would do the live show like like a review
2: at Knott's Berry Farm.
0: She um did it till like the early 2000s and then picked it back up again for a few years mm-hmm. and now she's yeah. re-retired from yeah. it.
1: Yeah. You what you see.
0: But nothing like being the L.A. horror host to get you noticed. Yeah. And she made many cameos, and now we're going to talk about them. Yeah. Through TV history, starting in the early 80s. I'm
2: going to really count on you to take me through this journey, because I watched one episode of television that I think was way more full of Elvira than I expected it to be. You watched and I watched two, Yeah, well, one, one of them was just a blip, and then the other one had a lot of Elvira.
0: The majority of her appearances are pretty just that, just kind of yeah. like, hey, how you doing? Right. Okay, but her first time would have been in 82, so like a year after the movie Macabre premiered. She was in an episode of Chips. Okay. Chips being the uh, California Highway Patrol yep. TV show. It was several seasons in.
2: Tell me that, like, like a cop pulls her over. And it's like... Mm. No, not nah. even.
0: Well, the main plot involves Donald Most, Ralph Malf from Happy Days, is a sort of like devil glam rocker whose life has been put in danger. Okay. So that's the A story. Wow. The B story is about this uh, kid who was uh, busted putting pumpkins in the road. The C story is how there's going to be a Halloween party at the California Highway Patrol station. And no one wants to attend until they find out that it's going to be emceed by Elvira. Cool. Now, realizing that the majority of the country doesn't know who Elvira is... Um, well, they're
2: about to, thanks to this cameo on Chips.
0: That is Elvira, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. The mistress of the dark. Who is Elvira? Don't you ever watch the scary movie show on the local channel? She's the host.
0: The gag is once they learn that she's MCing their party, they all run to get costumes. Yeah. This show also has some daytime trick-or-treaters. I get it, but it's always just a little... It's a tiny knife.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and at the end, it is the opposite of the community Halloween party with as good as that looked in its zombie episode. Yeah. This is just under the unforgiving fluorescent lights of a government building. Oof. In their sort of conference room.
3: <laughs> yeah. Darling, you didn't think I'd forget you.
0: But then uh, her and Paunch share a tango. Takes two for tango. and we also get to see Elvira at leisure so she's still Elvira this takes the conceit that would be continued on forever that on her own time Elvira is not Cassandra Peterson actress yeah. personality she is Elvira 24-7 yeah and this is our first look I think at Elvira just running errands which is like leather pants and that sort of like sleeveless rocker tee with yeah. her own face on it love that but later, she's fully resplendent and um, tangoes with Ponch. Later that same season, she's back. Oh, wow. This time, it's a silly, scary episode where a comic book monster may have, like, come to life. Has been spotted.
2: Wow. I clearly don't have any idea what Chips is about because, like, this, is, I'm like, what are these episodes?
0: How the Highway Patrol keeps involving themselves in these cases uh-huh. is highly irregular. <laughs> In any case, they want someone who's an expert in comics, so they're like, now Elvira runs a comic book store, is an expert in comics, and, like, I guess she tells fortunes from the store. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Ponch, I didn't think you read comic books. I don't come here to read
0: comic books.
1: Elvira?
2: Well, it's about
1: time, Ponch. We could use some new blood.
0: (laughs) So they, like, go to see her, and, like, her tarantula Boris crawls up the arm of one of the officers. And she's like, there you are, Boris. Cute.
1: Where have you been? Been looking for you all morning. You must be starving. Thanks, (laughs) Elvira. Anytime, darlings. Unpleasant dreams.
0: And then she's in it later in the episode, strictly exposition. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I had a look at those comic books you gave me, and there's a slight difference." You know, blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's the clue.
1: I thought Stanley
0: Woods was the creator
1: of Thing. So does everyone else, and that's what's bizarro. Your drawing was made by an underground artist, a very
2: mysterious woman. She disappeared last year.
0: If the first one was in October, it was like October 29th. By April, they had her back again. They were so, like, the
2: ratings were incredible. I'm
0: guessing yeah. she had a good reaction.
2: Yeah, I bet.
0: I think they probably had like a comic book nerd in that role. And they were like, you know what's better than a comic book nerd? Elvira. The
1: mistress of the dark, the queen of evil, Satan's best girl, the one and only
0: Elvira. Later the following year, so that was 83, by the, well, 82 in, into 83. By 1984, well, there's an bad. episode of The Fall Guy. That's the one you watched. Mm-hmm. And she is all over this episode
2: I looked nothing up about the fall guy before I started watching this episode and I, like I kind of just had to piece it together as it was going I was like oh this guy. is about a sun guy
1: it's a divide, life I lead. I take my chances I for a in the movies and TV.
2: now I get it and I assume didn't look into it. I assume every episode it's like he's on a different film set.
0: There's a twist a TV does get into in the episode you watched, which is he's also a bounty hunter. What? So when times are lean in the old stuntman world, he, you know, he's a skip tracer.
2: Good lord. Okay, well, yeah, I did yeah, definitely didn't. And I'm didn't sure get he that. winds
0: up catching these people with stunts.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Do you want to guess what the name of the episode is? Halloween. October the 31st. Oh,
2: yeah. I actually probably wrote that down. Yeah.
0: And it aired on your first Halloween. October the 31st,
2: 1984. Wow. I was a mere, like, five days old.
0: So this, like, starts with a stunt. So it's the set of an Elvira movie.
3: Yeah.
0: Four years before there would be an actual Elvira movie, this movie was positing, what would an Elvira movie be like with lots of stunts? And in it, she's got, like, powers. Yeah. She can, like, throw flames with her fingers. Yeah. And then it's like, cut.
1: And win. This
2: is ridiculous. I'm calling my agent. Get
0: me out of this movie. Oh, it's terrible. I love
2: her. I love the personality that she has and that they get to showcase in this episode, which is just, she's just this, like, bitchy, yeah. high-maintenance, demanding, judgmental. Horny. Oh, yeah, that too. She's just this, like, really abrasive character, but very funny. Face it, this
1: movie is a total embarrassment. And believe me, honey, I do not embarrass easily.
2: That's and it's just a delight. It's and so she's fun.
0: Elvira. Yeah. All the time. All the time.
2: Well, to that point, like, I thought about it when you were mentioning that a minute ago, which is there's this joke where they're all about to go to bed and the woman, the. The woman she's rooming she, with She her, gets paired whatever.
0: up With a series regular Who's yeah. like the lady stunt woman. And
2: she goes Where are your pajamas? Well like And it's kind of like her Why haven't Yeah like, This is it baby Yeah yeah And she's just like What if I get the chance In the middle of the night To like Hit up this Hot sexy guy I'm she, into
0: Yeah well Which is the fall guy Which right. is Colt Seavers
2: Aren't you gonna put on A nightgown? This is My nightgown
1: Yeah <sighs> Yes Who knows Maybe I'll get lucky and Colt will call mommy for a glass of water in the middle of the night. He's such a little boy at heart.
2: But I love that the joke is kind of like, why are you not out of your Elvira costume? And she, But it's because she's Elvira all the time. She's, she's not going to put on a pair of sink pilk. Sink pilk? Wow. Pink silk pajamas.
0: Yeah. Or just like a big version of that shirt with herself on it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Look out, Colt Severs. Elvira is on the prowl.
0: And so, sure, her character is being established by the TV that she's on, that she's been on for, like, uh, three years now. But as far as interacting with other people and just kind of adding a few layers, and it's mostly comical. To the character that we would eventually know in the movie, it really came from the fall guy.
1: picking up graves by the light of the moon in the middle of a rainstorm on Halloween night. Oh, man after my own heart.
0: And I discovered a couple of days ago, she came back for a second one Nice. called October the 32nd. Wow. Yeah. Um, there was a writer on both of these named Sam Egan. And she was so impressed with the way that he managed to like capture her personality uh, in real world situations. Yeah. I mean, as much as this can be considered real world situations, but you know, out of the studio and into the world
3: mm-hmm.
0: that he was brought on as one of the three writers, including herself John Paragon, who we've recently lost. And this guy, Sam Egan, all wrote Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Cool. But concentrating on the, the episode that you watched, uh, it wasn't just Elvira making a cameo appearance. There was also John Carradine, mm-hmm. who we just watched uh, in our last episode yeah. in House of the Long Shadows.
3: Yeah. You
0: thought you could let an army of movie people... March in and out
1: of here without letting our secret be discovered? They
3: won't find out.
0: Catherine, if any intruder set foot in this house, blood will flow once more. That guy was always working. And he was definitely recognizable enough as, like, a boogeyman that to bring him into an episode was just like, oh, it's going to be spooky.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I know I mentioned back in our Legacy of Dracula how he was on an episode of McCloud As, like, this week, McCloud goes up against a vampire? And it was, you know, John Carradine. You are cursed forever! And this one, he owns, like, this big spooky mansion where they're going to film a movie and stay at. They've all got a room in this big spooky mansion. But then he dies. Or does he? Right. And it's got to get figured out by Colt Seavers and the gang.
3: Uh, Colt, do you mind telling me how you intend to trap a ghost?
0: And at the end of the day, Elvira gives a seance, and Colt kind of uh, forces a confession by using stunts. hmm Using his power of stunts. Mm-hmm. He yeah. bursts through the window as, like, a corpse and starts, like, forcing confessions out of people, like, I killed my twin brother and framed him for the murder, blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah. i send
0: you back to the grave. I killed you once, and I will do it again.
1: Oh, go back to the grave.
0: And I want to say something about this episode. It falls well into the trope of the, you know, haunted house, haunted location. Yes. Trope, which, like that, the Dawson's Creek, the scare. It's his own house. But yeah. it's all rigged with his, like, scary pranks.
2: And there's a serial killer. And there's a serial out. killer. Yeah.
0: This one has, it's full of, like, movie special effects. And there's someone real lurking in the shadows. Yeah. I think the best of these versions has a fake element at work and a real one kind of intersecting simultaneously, so you Mm -hmm. don't know which is which. Right. And the characters don't necessarily believe things are happening as they happen. Right. You know, until it's too late.
2: And you're thrown off a little bit as the viewer, because, like, for instance, they will come back from a commercial break, which you're not watching the commercials, you're watching this on YouTube, they're cut out. But they come back from an act break or whatever, and you see a character tussling with a ghost or something... And then it's, like,
0: cut. And cut. Good job, Colt.
2: Right. So the whole time you're watching that, you're, like, either wondering if it is a scene they're filming or you're assuming it's real, you know, which is fun.
0: Also, uh, the fourth season community, they're in, um, it's been long enough since the 80s that the 80s can be kind of gothic looking. Yeah. And so they're in uh, Pierce's very tacky 80s home. Mm Mm-hmm. And you leave anything up for too long, and it just becomes creepy. Yeah. And during that one, there's simultaneously going on, like, fake scares, but then there's also an unknown element that's walking around. Yeah. Which, you know, turns out to not be anything actually that scary, but at the same time.
3: Get
0: those two elements at play together sort of intersecting it makes for the best of not just uh, Halloween episodes of television, but if you're going to have, like, an old dark house mystery to combine those two. Yeah. Oh, what am I talking about? House on Honed Hill.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. There you go. Yeah.
0: You got the illusion running at the same time as the actual threat. Yeah. And it's just a great spider. An excellent point,
2: yeah.
0: Of storytelling. It's
2: wonderful. That's
0: the right way to do it. And uh, they knew it on the Fall Guy.
2: Yeah.
0: You always wear that dress? You always... No,
1: no, no. Sometimes I like to wear something kind of low-cut and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do. I do always yeah. wear this dress. I mean, yeah. you know, my costume is being marketed around the entire United States now. It's You're like, be other women like you? oh, yeah. I mean, guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> of the dark. I mean, here I am, stocking up for Halloween. I got my steaks, got my ribs. Then when I ask the stock boy where the Coors Light is back, he points me to the Coors and Coors Light Halloween display, and I'm on
0: it. Coors, the beer, they went after Halloween. Mm hmm. And they came up with the beer wolf, which was a sort of like fuzzy mascot-looking werewolf that didn't do the job they oh <laughs> thought my it God. might. So they brought in Elvira,
2: and boy howdy, did that do the job!
0: And as much as that, the Elvira standees that they would put in liquor stores.
2: Yeah, I remember those. Be sure to visit this display wherever
1: you buy right. and it's just. Perfect for when
0: friends got in. That's the same year that Movie Macabre goes off the air. So by this point, I think like the loophole was that she got the rights to her own character through getting the rights to have a fan club. I think is how that worked. And it was also in lieu of payment. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, we're not going to pay you anymore. And it's like, well, how about I just get, oh, I don't know, the rights to my character. Yeah, smart. And then she went with it. So by 86, she was she would revisit horror hosting in various forms. But now she was just like personality. Detached from yeah. the show. yeah. The movie came out in 88, and the TV appearances didn't end there. In 1989, you sent me two episodes of Super Mario Brothers.
2: Yeah, I didn't watch those. I just found, oh. like, the fact that it existed, and I was like, holy crap.
0: They were just, like, interstitial moments in between yeah. the cartoons. Uh-huh. So each one was only about five minutes long.
2: Okay. Well, I
0: feel
1: kind of responsible. I mean, uh, I gave them the wrong recipe. Can you change them back, Elvira?
0: So uh, I think, again, in one of them, it's all a dream. And in another one, she shows up and helps him with, like, a, a mummy.
2: Nice. Okay. Before you turn to something worse, let the zombie curse reverse.
3: Cha-cha-cha.
0: It's pretty low stakes, and it's very over the top. And if you want to see Captain Lou Albano as Mario with Elvira, they're both on YouTube.
1: mm mm-hmm. How's that? That's not him. Well... Teach him to catch a frisbee in his mouth. He'll be a big hit at the beach. <laughs> want to go psycho with me, Elvira, here at the Bates Motel? Look for me wherever they sell mug root beer. And enter the Go
2: Psycho with Elvira contest.
0: The following year, in episode of 30-something.
2: Yeah.
0: A character is afraid she's turning her boyfriend into something he doesn't want to be by insisting he gets, like, a more stable job. And she has a whole, like, Frankenstein fantasy about making him into, like, a Franken-yuppie. Yeah. And instead of just pulling that out of their butts in the third act, they set it up with her watching Elvira somewhere in the second Cute. act. So she comes on and, you know, has a, a fake name for a, uh, the return of Frankenstein. Sounds real enough. It's not over the top. Sure. Yeah. But there, I don't believe. I don't think there was a return of Frankenstein. I don't know. You would know better than I Not, not in the universal canon anyways. Or Hammer. Um, and then the episode you watched. You watched the whole episode Of 1992's Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Yeah. Where she came in for a gag. Yeah. They're trying to revamp the school's um, morning announcements. And at one point, one of the characters just comes in with, like, an Elvira outfit on. And Elvira just shows up. She just appears. Doesn't she
2: threaten to sue or something? I'm going to sue your butts,
0: boys. That was fun. And a little bit of a chase. And she's done. It's like, thank you. That was Elvira. You no know, fun
2: day on set. That must have been for her.
0: That's a wrap on Elvira. A fun I'm sure four there was
2: hours. <laughs> pictures Maybe. of her, and,
0: like the little girl that was dressed like Elvira. Yeah. And she was on the girls next door. Yeah.
2: Halloween is by far my favorite holiday here.
0: This was girls will be ghouls, but they also had the episode Ghost Busted. Mm-hmm. Did you watch either of these this time around, or?
2: Oh yeah, I rewatched both of them, but I've seen them both probably twenty times. Uh, big fan of that show, and I do kind of feel like maybe in a future Halloween episode we could do like a section of our Halloween episode just about the girls next door and spooky stuff because boy oh boy, is there a good bit of that on that show.
0: They love their spooky stuff.
2: Yeah. Bridget and Holly, really love. Yeah,
0: Kendra, she's a skeptic.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but that's fun. It's like she's the foil, you know. But, yeah, Elvira shows up to do a photo shoot with Hef to promote her DVD.
0: Yeah, they're doing, like, a a Elvira's Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. And they engage in some very frightening small talk.
3: Yeah. I should live here. It's perfect for me. Yeah, it's kind of ooky and
2: spooky and altogether pukey
0: and then she leaves and the rest of the episode there's like a pumpkin carving party where they bring out the girls
2: yeah they make a a meal out of um and you know I'm sure they were everyone was playing it up this is reality television but air quotes reality but that Bridget takes Elvira up to her room to show her her room and show her some of her Halloween decorations but they make a meal out of how Elvira reacts to how pink her room is Uh you know she walks and she's like oh god you know Everyone's being a good sport. God, I have oh the gosh.
1: start of a few things oh happening my God. Here. I
3: have a couple of Woof Woof dolls, a spooky Barbie collection, and then I have Woof Woof in the
2: Cradle, too. Oh my gosh, the like growth man's baby.
0: <laughs> How's it aging for you?
2: What? The show?
0: Yeah, the girl's next door. We
2: up. don't have time for me to tell you my PhD dissertation on the show. I mean, of course there are many elements of the show that have aged like milk like that of course like we've had a whole like social reckoning about sexual politics and like abuse and all of that
0: 2006 it's almost quaint
2: in certain ways yes but because i'm now listening to the girls next level podcast which is hosted by holly and bridget holly madison and bridget marquardt where they talk about where they talk about their experiences in the mansion Mm -hmm. and kind of pull back the veil on it i just have a lot more humming in the back of my mind but it For me, it enriches the experience, and I think it's very interesting. But to pull back from all of that stuff, I would just say that, like, one of the reasons I'm a fan of that show is not only did it it capture such a moment in time at the Playboy Mansion, but for me, for, like, a younger than I am now, like, spooky person who Mm -hmm. liked horror and stuff, it was fun and kind of like a—this is going to sound— Maybe dumb, but like kind of a revelation that like very, very girly girls were into women were Mm. into spooky stuff like I was. And it was like, oh, cute. You can be both of those things. Like, why not? Of course you can. and Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget and Holly, but especially Bridget. Love you, girl. And it was just an entertaining show to watch for all its problems. I absolutely love it. Just love it. Just love that show. Mm. Love those spooky queens.
1: Look at this place, Ed. I mean,
0: it's amazing. It's better than the last year. Yeah, thanks. I'm kind of showing off for my new lady friend. Whoa.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, Hello. A... Oh. Hello. Uh,
0: 2011, she was just like a punchline in Last Man Standing. Mm. You look like Elvira. <laughs> I am
1: Elvira.
0: <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. You know, she was Elvira. Yeah. She really goes all out for Halloween, huh? She has no idea it's Halloween. <laughs> and then in. 2021, The Goldbergs, which always has a Halloween episode, and that's one of those nostalgia shows. It's in the 80s. It takes place in, like, the Philadelphia suburbs, which is where I'm from. Philadelphia, known for the Liberty Bell, South Street, and the world's greatest cheesesteaks. But there's a lot of very specific 80s, that part of the country things that sometimes speak to me, including, like, an episode where they come to the junior high to, like, draft for Double Dare. Like, that was a thing.
3: Mm-hmm, double Dare mm-hmm, shot in failure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: or when he gets lost in Vet Stadium because he doesn't want to use the pea trough in the men's room, so he tries tries looking uh, on another level and then winds up getting lost. I'm like, oh god, the trough! Um, Gross. And sometimes they really lean into it. I remember one episode ended with somebody going, "Cheer up! I'll take you to Wawa and get you a tasty cake." And I'm like, okay, all right, dial it back.
1: Darling. Oh, my God, you're just as spooky and beautiful as I imagined. Um, What can I sign for you? A record deal.
0: So Goldberg's has a Halloween episode every year, and this one, the 2021, has them going to a, a mall in New Jersey to go see Elvira, who's there promoting her new film, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, so they can, like, share a novelty monster rap with her that they think will be the next big thing.
1: Uh, So if you have a song you want me to hear, you're just going to have to perform it in front of all these freaks and watch jobs. You mean my fans?
0: And then in a second scene with her, she does, for the first time in, in her cameos, what celebrity cameos tend to do, which is then they dole out advice. When they're doing a cameo as themselves, so often it's like, what should I do, Mr. T.? believe in yourself
3: mm-hmm.
0: he's not like i don't know my time's up i'm yeah. out of here yeah <laughs> give me my sandwich as time has gone on people have gotten the courage i'm thinking of like seth green and entourage to play themselves as jerks
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: but by and large when, when people go on as themselves they tend to be written as like nice versions of themselves and in mm-hmm. this she gives like a little bit of love advice just like Boris Karloff did in Route 66. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what TV shows tend to do with real people when you yeah. have them. Yeah. So she's, you know, hey, you're a big goofball, but that girl's still with you. Go to her.
1: Thank you both for being here and happy Halloween. There's this weird guy on Channel 9 this fall, and I guarantee he'll give you nightmares. His name is
2: Freddie something or other.
1: Wednesday. <laughs> A nightmare on Goldberg
0: Street. 1 2 Freddy's coming for schmoo. No. Huh? Robert England takes on the Goldbergs. ABC Wednesday. Belvira wasn't the only Halloween cameo that they had a couple years earlier in uh 2018. Cat uh, who they have? I
2: don't know, some guy by the name of Robert England.
0: I've heard of him. We may know him better as Freddy Krueger.
2: I remember the lead up to this episode, like, I didn't watch the Goldbergs, but I remember it made the rounds, like, on the internet that Robert England was going to be back in his Freddie makeup on this episode of the Goldbergs. Like, I remember getting hyped about it.
0: Yeah. And, and he's not there as himself as Robert England, Like, we ran into Robert England at the mall. No. He comes in the form of a, well, first just watching his films, and then one of them has a dream. So, I mean, isn't that appropriate? It's less hacky than some of the other Halloween episodes where it was all a dream. But because it's Freddy, it's all a dream.
1: hmm Okay, so I narrowed it down to these 29 horror movies. I think all we need is one Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure. Something about Freddy Krueger really freaks me out. It could be the face
1: or the claws or the whole fall asleep and you die concept.
0: So in the beginning, they're at a video store, which is quaint enough, but they make it an actual West Coast video. So I'm like, all right, let's go to this video. Because this is a nostalgia one, and they're a lot less afraid of using, like, actual products and Uh actual... When he dresses up for Halloween, he's, like, clearly a Ghostbuster or clearly Mm -hmm. something else. He's not like, I'm a samurai Mm -hmm. amphibian. Mm -hmm. A ninja turtle? Ah, Samurai amphibian. Yeah. You know?
2: Freeze, creep. I'm Robocop. And I'm Ed 209, Omnicorp's first foray into robotic policing.
0: They do it well on the Goldbergs when it comes to that kind of thing. And in this, he rents A Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: High school friends are slaughtered in their sleep by the predatory monster of their shared nightmares.
0: The character is a, the, the main boy is a bit sensitive and winds up having some nightmares. And they recreate the bathtub scene where the hand comes up with him. And uh, they employed Jolt Cola, which I don't think was around when necessarily for the first one, but if it was, they would have drank it. Mm-hmm. Jolt Cola will mm-hmm. keep you up.
2: Yeah. Not as easily as Stop Awake,
0: which <laughs> is the oh, product right, right, which right. Is <laughs> Part Two.
2: No, no, no. In the first, in, in the first, first Nightmare on Elm Street,
0: Star, it, stay. it
2: Stay Awake, but yeah. it's spelled S T A. So right. I always say Stop Awake.
0: Yeah, like the caffeine pills. Yeah. A nice moment in this episode. Is how well, you know, a running thing in the episode is how his mother overmother[s] him. Mm-hmm. But his girlfriend's parents give him a copy of *Fangoria*, within which pages he can see some behind-the-scenes stuff. And for this kid who like loves like making little movies, to see the actor Robert England,
2: a classically trained actor,
0: yeah, to see him going into the makeup and the process of that and how long it takes and how it's you know. You get to look behind the curtain. Yeah. And it is this look behind the curtain which really helps him. And I've heard other people say that also. Yeah. And maybe boys and ghouls can help with some people out there also. And yeah. I know that, like, HBO, when, if the movie ends and, you know, they've got to wait till like, every half hour to start a new movie, they would have, like, and now HBO's first look at, and if it was a horror movie, it was like, oh, fascinating. Because, like, it's not that scary. And one of the great early rentals in, like, home renting was the making of Thriller. Yeah. Which was like, oh, look, they've got radio controlled ears on this werewolf and it took hours to put the makeup on. Yeah. And these zombies are professional dancers. Here they are in their, in their dance gear.
2: hmm
0: A lot less scary there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's humanizing and it makes you realize that it's just regular people coming together to make a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, pursuing the making, like picking up a Fangoria may take you deeper into horror on one sense it's also like diffusing yeah a lot of the effects of horror and i thought that was very well handled yeah and a great bit to the show Mm -hmm. of course the mom doesn't like it and after some scenes in a a corn maze that were pretty nice Mm -hmm. then she has her nightmare with Freddy. yeah
2: what does she call him like something kroger not anymore mr kroger Kruger.
0: It's Kruger! He's as scary as you can be on, like, a primetime family show. She's going through, like, a stylized, busted-up mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. and she opens heck? a closet. My
1: sweaters!
0: It's all Freddy sweaters, and they kind of reach out and grab her. And <gasps> He taunts her, but then she's so hard on herself that he's like, hey, I'm the one who
2: yeah.
0: does the thing around here. Um... I like the, uh, because they they never mention it anywhere else in the the movie, Uh, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Oh, yeah. But he's like, I never knew any of my fathers. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to know the the Freddie lore to get that That's for the
2: real horror fans. Yeah, right? Adam said he wished I wasn't his mother.
0: Oh, geez, that's an awful thing to say. Mm. Yeah, and then, you know, like so many cameos, when you you bring in the real person, or in this case, real character, he doles out a bit of advice. Yeah. 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 Rather unfreddy,
2: probably very Robert England. Seems like a nice guy.
0: Seems like he'd stop and share a bit of the wisdom of his years.
2: Yeah, why not? If someone's having a rough
0: time. Ah, this is getting way too touchy feely for this cowboy. Cat, you and I watched more than we've actually talked about. Yeah, and good for us. You caught Square Pegs. I did. The Square Pegs Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. It only lasted a season, so just that yeah. one. Uh-huh. There was a news radio that... News radio was a funny show, but um, did you ever watch news radio? Uh,
2: a little, yeah. I don't remember too much about it, but... The
0: Phil Hartman character, a fortune teller, tells him that he's only got 35 years to live. Mm-hmm. And he becomes very bummed. Mm. He's like, "I'm gonna die in the year like 2035." Gosh! And in reality, he only lives about a year and a half Oof. past that point. It's dark. It still manages to be a, a funny show, but that's just sort of like hanging over the episode. The more he talks, it about is his own it is now.
2: It wasn't then. At the we time, didn't no, was know. Like,
0: ah, Phil Hartman, you're a treasure.
2: Yeah. We watched. It's a good idea, I think, that we get into animated stuff in another episode. But we yeah. did I did watch an episode of Rugrats. I think you did, too. I watched too. my first ever
0: episode of Rugrats. Oh,
2: wow. Okay. Yeah, I
0: was It's a big show for people who are not even that much younger than me. Yeah. But I was definitely too old for Rugrats.
2: I definitely watched it a lot as a kid. It's really cute.
0: There's a third rock from the sun called Scaredy Dick. Mentioned in other episodes, the adventures of Pete and Pete Halloweeny.
2: Oh yeah, that's a good one. The
0: two Adams family episodes. I watched an Alf episode. Oh. Where he glues a zipper to his stomach and then goes as his co- like. Oh my god. That's his costume. So he infiltrates the Tanner's Halloween party so that he can uh, talk to uh, Willie's boss. Wow. About a promotion. Wow. Cheers had a few episodes, counting one to four of them in their run.
2: Will and Grace episode.
0: What was that called? Boo Humbug. Boo Humbug. Yeah. Erie, Indiana. Mm. That's a good one. And good for kids. On Halloween, a remote control sucks the little brother into the TV, and, it's a, and it brings the mummy out. Which goes to my theory that the mummy is a good uh, foe for children, because it doesn't move very fast. Yeah. And it's not gory. Uh, oh. Okay. It's called Up at Bat, the episode. An episode of Gilgan's Island. Not Halloween specifically, but if you're going to watch it, Gilligan's Island for Halloween. Got it. Gilligan is bitten by a vampire bat and thinks it's making him a vampire. Oh,
2: my gosh. The
0: silver on uh, Ginger's mirror falls out, and he can't see his own reflection. Then there's a whole dream sequence where he dreams. He's like, Count Dracula, Ginger's his wife. (laughs) ram ram. Um, The Howls are like lost travelers, and it goes from there. Wow. It's a whole fantasy sequence with Gilligan as a vampire. Uh, Live in singles. Trick or trust. Mm. One of the characters is a real Halloween-y, while the other one's a Halloween grump.
2: I think I watched that one in 2020. Yeah, I think we both did.
0: And then you get to see Queen Latifah in a Bo Peep costume.
2: That's right, yeah. I do remember that one.
0: Two scary sort of paranormal episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Spoiler, not actually paranormal. Mm. It was the killer. The New Girl episode, there's two Halloween ones. The first one, which is called Halloween, Jess gets a job at a haunted house, and they filmed it at Pierce College. Mm. So we've both been in L.A. long enough to be nostalgic about certain things that aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty nice to be able to see the um, Pierce College Halloween festival Mm -hmm. setup that they had, just Mm -hmm. kind of in the background Cool. of all this. You know, it's nice to see. Episode of Night Court, Judge Harry Stone is dating a witch. And The Office had a, had a, a few Halloween episodes in the first one, because Halloween is the last day of the month, and Michael has to fire somebody.
2: Yeah, I've seen that one many times. It's a good one.
0: And with that one, it's mostly just, you know the dichotomy of, like, having to fire someone and everyone's, like, wearing costumes. And sometimes it's funny, sometimes just kind of sad. The guy fired is, like, wearing a hobo costume. (laughs) But it uses Halloween for an emotional beat at the end. If you didn't know just how much the character of Michael Scott just wants to be liked. And having to fire someone is really just a, a knife in his heart. Yeah. And he goes home and he's just sort of sitting... It keeps a documentary style by kind of like being outside his window and just like looking at the sad man. Yeah. And then ding dong, who is it? It's trick or treaters. Children have come to him, and it just ends with him like happily interacting with these children as a way of saying, I guess, like Michael Scott will be all right.
2: Yeah. I was just thinking about this. We're all sit. Most of us are so, so busy these days. The modern world is very complicated and very full of demands on our attention that it can feel difficult to find the time for a little Halloween in your life in October. And to that I say, Halloween episodes of TV shows are a really great, often pretty quick way to get that spirit into your day. Like if you can't spend time watching a whole movie because you're tired and you got to go to work, whatever... Like a nice 23-minute episode of television can be just the thing.
0: Or if you do have time for a movie, but what do you watch before the movie?
2: Mm, That's a good point.
0: One of these will help uh, put you well in the mood, I think. And especially if you're watching a horror movie that has nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah. But you still want a little Halloween in your evening. Yeah. Like, let's say you're watching Alien, which is completely devoid of Halloween. Yeah. But a great scary movie to watch. You want a little Halloween, you know, kick things off find a nice episode of classic tv and classic tv can include the 2000s because it is the impossibly futuristic year of 2022 (laughs) yeah all right uh any uh final words to our viewing well listening audience
2: (laughs) uh the only thing i can think of is beware the halloween moon
1: of Dracula, the Wolfman, and the monster, there's nobody to break us anymore. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping to get in on the excitement. Who said that? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> and now we return to our graves. The old and the new and you They join us soon.